Hi there, everyone. Welcome to CSL here, number 10. We have an amazing group of guests, all from NA, and one guy from the UK, and Frog. Hi. First off, first off I want to start off by thanking Refrag for partnering with Nard out here. Refrag is a CSGO training tool to help improve your game. Train like a pro, play like a pro. Make sure to use the code NART to save 15% off. Now, I'm going to announce all the guests we got here today. We got the Godfather of Smokes himself back. From from rotation and and Nart. Hey, what's up, man? What about the what about the Godfather of Tactics too? No. Do you want me? To, do you want? Okay. To, do you want? To, you want to get upgraded? I'll upgrade you. Okay. Um, okay. Thanks. There we go. <laughs> the Godfather of Tactics. We got Sheikh Zula. What's up? How you doing, guys? We got CXZI. I'm gonna call him Danny. What's up, guys? Uh, that Paladin, a usual guest. Yo yo. Anthran, the king of bad takes. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> M&M's and of course, On, only good takes yeah. only good takes and also to Professor here's here's the video photo well so the I, thing is he's seen an episode of the illustrious yeah, I know, exactly. podcast so he's uh yeah only I, lies exactly and we got Frog from the UK hi there I'm actually from Canada but he's I live from, in the UK he lives in the UK he's a <laughs> degen <laughs> staying up at this hour alright guys um How's everyone doing? All good at the late hour? Of course. Dude, my, I messed up my right ear. I uh, You're not supposed to use Q-tips, you know, for after, like, you shower, but I just like the feeling. And now I just have, like, a vibrate, vibrating sensation in my right ear. I know how it feels to have messed Does up Does anybody else ear. use Q-tips after they shower? No, no, Okay. No. After you shower? <laughs> yeah. Why, bro? You're not, oh, just, just leave it just, yourself. It just feels you good, got a man. Nice, nice soggy Q-tip coming uh, out? Come so on you said, now. You, you said it was your right ear, Nart? Yeah, it's it's better now, though, but I was getting, like, random, like, vibrations in my right ear. I blew an air horn in my left ear at a football game once, and I couldn't hear out of my right ear, for, or my left ear, for three days. Well, then you shouldn't do that. Well, I, it's called <laughs> live and learn. Hello? <laughs> Gotta make mistakes to learn from them. Isn't that right, Shake? Uh, yeah. Always improving, baby. Review and fix. That's the uh, motto of all my teams. That worked really well with us. Yeah, it typically works. <laughs> review and fix. We typically review and then not fix, and then we do the same mistake, and then we just do that for like three months. And then Wait, we'll we'll have... learn. No, we'll fix. Yeah, we'll fix it. We'll fun. fix it. But then something else will happen. That's not the other. All right, to start off the show, we're at an amazing freaking uh, start off right now. To start it off, we're going to hit on EG. And there are a lot of moves they made this last two weeks. They added Neelan, Hex, they upgraded Hex, added Volberg as a coach, and also Hepa on one of their teams. And they downgraded Stewie to a streamer and Rush. What is everyone's thoughts on this? I still think they didn't fix the problem. Yeah. Well, I I think that at least the the kind of uh, big like personalities on the team have kind of like taken a side in what the situation is instead of kind of all mixing together, and hopefully like bringing in these people uh, will help like I don't know make make the the vision of the team at least a little bit better because I feel like people were kind of just down and out uh, in general like when when. They were kind of going into all these events and just bombing out, and maybe like getting an upgrade like like Hexty. Like I'm, I'm glad that he's got the upgrade because 
I mean, he's been grinding for a long time with Carpe Diem and mm-hmm. having the opportunity to now actually reap the rewards of the Blue Point program. That uh, that I feel really strongly about. I'm happy that Hexy got the opportunity to get. I it think all. everyone's happy about that. Mm. I think like the big thing to talk about too with Hex is that he's the first like he's got a lot of weight on his shoulders because he's the first talent that an NA top team has taken a chance on that's not just like OC or Grim dropping like a 1.4 on people, right? Like Hex has a lot of potential, but he didn't like dominate the tier two scene in a way that like other players had to to get picked up. So this is like, if he can prove that he can hang with like the tier one players, then it makes a case for other tier one like orgs like Liquid and EG to potentially look at dipping back into the NA talent pool. Because right now I think that they're too scared to take a, you know, a risk on an NA player when they could just go pick up some EU player who they know is going to be, you know, working out. Yeah, definitely is a big issue, the big thing. I mean, like, obviously, I mean, I just don't want like I think Hex like being on that team is like could be a good thing, but it's like how they like, you know, mold them honestly. Because I mean, I can't speak like I don't know what happened behind closed doors, but obviously, like with that team, like they didn't do that well in Europe, but obviously they had a lot of internal issues. It seemed like from you know what it was happening. That we know of, but I mean, if like they actually grind and like want to be like that top team again, I mean, it could be a really good opportunity for them. But you don't want it to go to waste, like how some like the older talents, like before Valorant, like people just get uh didn't really have the chance to like go anywhere. They get on a team and then just kind of goes to shit. I uh, I've only heard good things about Hex like through his former coach KJ when he coached uh, RBG, and then his former teammate uh, Maxwell as well. But I'm I'm not too familiar with Hex. Do you think he was a better option than Masuta? Yes, I think so. I think yeah. that I mean it allows him to like stay in the NARMR, which is like huge. I know they didn't want to like do the loophole, but like I think playing the NARMR of the EURMR was mm. a really good decision on their part. Yeah. Um and then like I just think Hex has a lot of upside. Like I've played with him, I've known him. He's like I mean he's like you said, he's he's a good person, he's got a good head on his shoulders, and I think that He's got potential to take his game to the next level. I think that he's a lot of impact in the tier two scene. I know that he works hard. Like I'm, I'm definitely rooting for him. I just hope that it's not one of those things where he hits like a speed bump, you know, a month from now, and they're looking to move on from him or, or something. You know, I hope that they genuinely give him time to improve. They genuinely give him, you know, a fair opportunity and a good shot. And I think that they will. Uh, I think that something that we're not really touching on too much is like the balance is a lot more involved in things now and i don't think he was previously and i think that that's actually a really big change in terms of eg and how they're going to like operate especially all three of these teams well if you speaking of that i've had a chance to talk to the couple of the um eg guys and they've definitely told you know they've definitely said publicly and in private that valens is far more involved and that his presence has been much appreciated because i think the biggest thing that um EG lacked with the Stewie lineup is they didn't have someone to like counterbalance the the power of Stewie in that lineup. I don't think they had really someone who was willing to fight with him and sort of um, like form a coherent vision of the team. And I know he's also been helping them a lot with like their mental game because there are people within like the Blueprint Project, for example, who have suffered in the past from their mental game being kind of weak or you know other issues outside of the game that have stopped them from realizing their full vision. And so I think Valens is good in those two senses. Um, I think we only have good things to say about Hex. I think it's definitely time for him to have gotten the call-up. But, and I am happy they didn't go with uh, Mizita because it kind of calls into question, like, what kind of vision EG management has for this team. Because if you have three European players, you're most likely not going to go back to being a full NA core, and that's kind of what I was worrying about, was they were going to just commit to being 
a European team moving forward, and that there's not really space for an NA blueprint project alongside a European team, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't make sense, right? Like, you have 10 players signed onto your org beyond your main roster, and you don't want to actually dip into that pool. And honestly, Misuta was like a known quantity, right? Like, we already knew what we were going to get if we got him. There isn't, I feel like it, going and dipping into the Blue Point project is, is just a smarter move in, in general. And it feels like they're actually utilizing what they've, who, who they've signed on. But the, I think the, the, the person that I'm kind of interested with this whole thing is, is Nealon because he's not necessarily the, the flashiest player, not an IGL that's jumping off of everyone's page over at K23. And uh, I'm curious to see like what all of you guys think because I don't really think that, um, he's proven himself that much uh, to, to kind of lead a, lead a team to, to like greater European success, you know, because I, after all, that's what the organization, the main roster is for, to, to have uh, success in Europe. I mean, honestly, I, I think it could work well. I still think the biggest pickup for EG with this new lineup is Vobor or Vorborg because yeah. you could call it bias if you want. But it's, it's just more in the fact that Vorborg has made an impact in all of the teams he's been on. Before he joined Copenhagen Flames, they were barely a notable roster. They weren't doing anything in Tier 2. They weren't all that great. They well, had good pieces, but I don't feel like they were ever used well. Then they got picked, or then he got picked up, and you could see almost a direct increase in the team's performance. And, I mean, that could be because of a number of things, but it could also be because of Vorborg's presence. But at the same time... I think he also kind of played along well with an IGL like Hooksy. And I think he was also that same kind of IGL that Nealon was, where they didn't look amazing. Nealon didn't look amazing past a couple of, you know, breakout times where we saw K23 whoop ass every now and then in the CIS scene. But they never were that consistent name. And I wonder if him with Vorborg, with all this potential talent to work with, could actually do something. That's, that's what I think is the big key point to this new roster. Well, you have to understand that, like, Vorberg built Copenhagen Flames. I do think that's yeah. why they signed him, because he was there from day one. He founded Copenhagen Flames. So I don't think that he's necessarily responsible for Copenhagen Flames clicking later in the year. I think he's just sort of... Um, I think his biggest strength lies in his managerial skills, as he previously uh, was, the, you know, the manager of big League of Legends teams in uh, Splice and Gamers 2. And the fact that he obviously has a lot of bona fides when it comes to team building. And I think that's desperately what somewhat what EG needs right now is someone who's willing to like build a team along like a coherent vision. Because we saw they have, you know, tons of managers now. They have Danny Angles, they have Mad Cow now who's helping out the team, they have Sunshine, they have Vorborg, they have Malik, they have, you know, the uh, Nicola Point teams relatively involved. I think they need someone like Vorborg to define what this team's gonna look like. And even if he doesn't have the coaching, you know, chops as the as someone who comes from the managerial side of things, I think it's important for him because he knows what makes good players and what you know what needs to be changed if things don't immediately start clicking. Uh, I have to say I agree. Vorborg is, in terms of managerial skills, probably the best person out there right now. Uh, just because what he's accomplished with Copenhagen Flames over the last few years since the the rebrand from the weird old logo that like looked like a a flame or a, a phase knockoff. Um, you know, it's it's been really impressive constantly scouting out new players uh, within the Danish scene, bringing in veterans that stocks were low, and kind of, you know, getting them back up to back up to standard. Um, and I don't think anyone else can really do that. You know, Copenhagen Flames grew from being completely irrelevant, right, a tier four team within the Danish scene, to being at the major. You know, that's that's not nothing. And uh, I think a lot of that can be attributed to Vorborg. Um, I don't know how that you know the vision that he has will necessarily 
uh, adapt to NA because it's a very different market. It's a very different pool of players. But you know, hopefully, I mean, if anyone can fix a sinking ship that was that was uh, EG, uh, I think Warburg is probably the the best candidate. And uh, having Valance much more involved, I think, is is as well a big plus. All right, uh, go ahead, Shake. I just think a big question for me is like, are they going to have enough of everything to like balance? Like, Voberg or whatever was um, more of like a manager type stuff, and Mm -hmm. he also coached. So, like, he's probably going to, like, as you guys talked about, bring more of like nurturing players, fostering team environment, stuff like that. I don't know what kind of style Nealon brings. I don't know if he's like more tactical or if he's like a little bit more loose. So, it's like, are they going to be able to like tactically be a good team? Because I think they have everything solved on like the managerial side. They have, you know, Mad Cow, they have Valens, they have all these people. They're definitely like level-headed people that players can talk to, that can foster team environments, put out the fires, balance, you know, the egos, all that stuff. It's like, will they be able to actually perform in the server? And do they have enough in that department is kind of the big question for me, especially when it comes to, you know, teaching Hexed. Does anyone know anything at all about Nilan? Like, I feel like it's kind of silly that we're all <laughs> yeah, we're just like uh, the, the yeah. assembly of NAL I mean, there's, but I mean, at least they're bringing an IGL, right? At least they're bringing an IGL, like a no yeah, yeah, or not a no IGL, but instead of a fiat improvement IGL, from yeah. uh, Stewie, right? So right, I followed him since you know before K twenty three were K twenty three when they were Simon. He's always like just been middle of the pack, uh, and from what I was told. You know, he was scouted out, I believe, by HEPA. Um, he was, you know, suggested by HEPA. They brought him in, did some trials, and they were really impressed with what he did. Um, in terms of stylistically, it's been much more loose. You know, K23's had a lot of good uh, Russian or, or just CIS players in general that, you know, they've relied just on the mechanics more than uh, a very complicated system. But maybe something like that can kind of be uh, integrated into this team. If I'm honest, I feel like this is sort of a transitionary roster, right? They're going to test the pieces, how it goes, see how it goes, and I don't think it's going to be the same lineup in a year's time. Uh, but you know, hopefully, there's still a core, there's still something coherent, uh, and there's actual progress being made in, the, in that time period. Uh, for grading like this EG lineup, how would you grade it? Never these roster moves. What are we doing? Like a like a letter uh, rating? Like yeah. still one to ten. Still one to ten. Ten being you know amazing. One being shit. I'll go six and a half. Being generous. Mm-hmm. I'll go like seven. Yeah. I mean, I I just I think that like it's got a lot of potential, but there's also like a lot of unknown. And again, with like a a new project like this, like you just never know how the rebuild's gonna go. So it's like, yeah, there's just a lot of unknown yeah. for me, but there's a lot of upside. So definitely. I think maybe like a five, yeah, four, I'm, and three I'm fours round, or something. I'm well, around five to six. Five the real question is, are they going to make it out of the major qual- or for the ma- the armor? Are they going to make it to the armor? Oh yeah, North, they North America. They should. I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know. They should make the RMR. Yeah. Making the major, that's a little bit more of a question. Yeah. But a team like EG, this, that's their goal. Like they should be. They're aiming for that 100%. They should make the RMR, but um, if they're already if they're not playing the first one and they only have two left, eh, who knows? That's true. Well, team they bought, up, have... they bought up all the teams that could potentially beat them, so you know they're making a little easier. <laughs> wait, that's a, yeah, wait. Oh, <laughs> Alan, I we I took them down last the uh, last RMR or last uh, qualifier. I you did. I'm Danny. Which strife? Strife took them down. I feel like the problems of EG are just still going to be there. Like, who is going to be the star? Who is going to perform well? Because they picked up Nealon, who's still... still and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to 
you know, shit on him, but it's like we all have just talked about how Nealon's not known yeah. for being that star player. You pick up Hex to, I mean, I'm not going to say he's bad either, but Shake already said earlier, is he going to be able to hang? That's a big risk if you're trying to make it through to the major. You've got yeah. a new coach in here. You've still got a couple of inconsistent players who haven't performed. I think right now the best-looking player on that roster is Automatic, funny enough. Automatic's need, actually playing good, yeah. Hmm. yeah you yeah. need more. Like, that, take, that wasn't take. enough in the past. I, I, I go with your take right there where, like, they need more. But I say give them, like, time to see what they're doing because they might be doing the project, like, dipping down to the well see what fits. So I, I give them like a solid six. But they don't have time. No, yeah, I, they don't I, have I, I don't have right that either. Man. Like, like, Breeze and, like, don't have time. and Cirque have been contracted on this team for like uh -huh. so long at this point. And it's always been like a, oh yeah, like uh, let's let's break out the milk cartons and say like like we're, we're missing Breeze and Cirque like every tournament, every single mm -hmm. time. And it's been like what New York was like ages and ages ago at this point. And if you don't have a star opera in today's meta, it's just it's just not going to cut it. Like, I, I, I don't yeah. think it's it's going to work at all. Well, remember you know, the I, um the that duo we reported earlier that they their contracts end at the end of September. So right. I think if you don't make it to the major, then that's when you got to like if you don't make it to the RMR, then you have to offload them, right? Like, oh yeah, they don't make it to the RMR, they're done it's, for sure. Yeah, something's they happening. Be any but... In the old lineup, though. No. Huh? Exactly. They're not worse than the, in the old lineup. But if you're EG, you're wasting all of this money on this team, and if it like if it's getting diminishing results after you spend all this money bringing in new players, and it's like you may as well just completely start from scratch. Like I'm sorry, like Hex, yeah. I'm sorry, Nilan, but like you got to do something eventually. Maybe keep automatic, and that's it. Um, you know, for me, it's always I look at like the optics of when you're assembling a new roster, and like what do you what do you say, and do you think? I think one of the things that truly frustrates me about EG is I don't think they have anyone that exists who's willing to like justify the exist the existence of their roster and to explain why they do what they do to the community. When you have a team like Liquid, when they bring someone like Grim or they bring someone like uh, OC onto the squad, they explain like, oh yeah, our vision is we need to find the next best NA opper. We think he can fit the bill. You know, when they add Grim, they say, okay, he's the best player, one of the best players on Triumph. We're adding him in to, you know, just be like, a, to potentially be a backup rifler when eventually Nitro leaves the ro roster, stuff like that. But with all of EG's roster chains, ch changes they've made since honestly bringing on the original EG remix roster in January, they don't, they've been, you know, they've been complete radio silence. They make no efforts to justify like, why Nilan's been brought from across, you know, brought from Kazakhstan across the globe to play in America. And it seems very worrying to me that, worrying to me and almost incompetent that you have all this staff and you have this huge infrastructure, but no one said, like, no one's, you know, sat down for interview or no one sat down and made a YouTube video where it's like, ah, yes, we brought in Nilan because of his unique approach to B-site pushes on Mirage or something. You know, like, even the basics of what do what did EGC and Nilan, no one's really told us, so we're just left to speculate. Do you think it's literally just like we need an IGL, we need somebody to fill in before the major kind but of why, deal? But why Nilan though? Like, there's tons of European, you know, IGLs mm. who are sitting in free agency right now, and it's like maybe just money. Maybe he was just what? the cheapest option. I mean, there's tons of free agents. There's no way they would have paid a buyout from K23 to to get Nilan. I, I don't know. I feel like just on the bench, uh, or, or not even on the bench, uh, like just in the free agent pool in Europe, there's plenty of people right now. Right. Like, it's it's so strange. I, I know, who said earlier, they said uh, HEPA was yeah. pushed to move. Then he should be the one coming out, because as far as we, you know, as far as the public is aware, he was out of the roster for, like, four months. Mm -hmm. But is, has he secretly still been working with them and making, you know, roster decisions? And 
if so, why is your analyst making roster decisions when you've supposedly built up this whole like managerial system with Valens, with Mad Cow, with all these people? Why is the Spanish analyst making the decision to sign a Kazakhstan IHL? And how does he get to sign off? Like, there's no justification or explanation coming from the EG org. They, you know, decline all interviews. Their players have to be radio silence on Twitter about everything. Like, there's no interactive component of reassuring the community because there are EG fans out there in the world. Like, we act, you know, like there's not EG fans, but there's dozens dozens of them even of people who want to see you know cirque and breezy and all these and automatic are yeah. famous players they want to see succeed but there's no you know they don't care what the community perception is of the team for some reason to, to, i just want to clarify as well though uh, i i think hebo was the one to suggest him initially but he wasn't the one to to make that decision that that would have been balance as far as i know but still yeah it's a it's a strange situation definitely uh, is Another thing I want to touch about, or just touch on before we move on from EG, is oh. like what's happening to to EG Carpe Diem, right? They've lost Hex now, who's promoted to the main team. They've presumably not brought back Class A to the roster. I mean, that was the team. Let's be honest. In terms of firepower, it was that duo. Sure, you know, Wiz has his games, but like, you know, same for Chop. It's just I don't know. I don't see the firepower there. Bring in Stanislaw is interesting. Uh, because, you know, maybe it allows Walco to develop under somebody else and then kind of, like, actually have a trickling of information in NA for once uh, from, from IGL to IGL. Uh, and maybe he gets to, to frag a little bit better since he's not leading. But I don't know, where's the firepower on this team now? Who do they pick up? Uh, I think they would have to look at someone from Gaming Gladiators, maybe George, Georgie, honestly, and mm. can just uh, take over a game. I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't see them like replicating whatever they did at ECL last season. It's like really hard to do it at, at this stage. I, I, I mean, you hit the nail on the head, Frog. Like, there, there is no firepower on this team. It's like, who's really gonna call on this team? Is it gonna be Stanislaw's team, or is it still gonna stay Walco's? Like, there's just so many question marks about this that, like, I feel like CD's kind of just lost its identity altogether, and now we're just going well. From our reporting on the topic, what we understand, like the way DustyS understands it, the way I understand it, is moving forward, this will be Stanislaus' team. Like he will be making the calls. Okay. He he will be the full IGL for the squad. Like Walco might do some mid rounding, but mm -hmm. presumably moving forward, it's Stanislaus' team. And you look at it, and there have been rumors swirling that you know Rush is sitting on the bench of EG now. Does he want to you know reunite with Stanislaus? I mean, it doesn't solve the firepower problem, but it solves like. It gives you know Stanislaw a very good piece for this team, so it's something for them to definitely think about. I think if Rush went to that team, I mean, he would take he would definitely fill in a role for firepower. Like he's playing at a lower scene, he should be able to definitely take the shoes of Hex, you know. But I mean, at the same time, if you bring in Stanislaw, you have Welko there. It's like who's another IG? I mean, like the firepower should be eventually you're gonna have to make another move. I feel like to kind of keep up with the firepower in ECL to be like a winner of the division. I mean, I think Rush would definitely be the best, like, replacement for Hexed, if that's what happens. But I don't think that there is another NA player that is, like, one-for-one one as good as Hex would be right now on this team. So I don't think that you can look at another NA player and get, like, a suitable replacement for Hex when it comes to fragging. They would, somebody that would need a little bit of time. But I don't think you do bring on somebody like Stanislaw and have him just, like, you know, not call. Like, I think that he's definitely going to be, you know, there to call and to teach uh, Walco and to help, you know, just the whole team. I mean, it's kind of, as you guys touched on earlier, the trickling down of, like, information. Like, I know speaking for myself, the only person I ever learned from in the entire scene was Steel. And that's because I was on a, you know, a team with him for 
uh, four months. And it's like the entire career, I've had to figure everything out by myself. And um, none of like the tier one players really talk or, or do anything involving the tier two scene. So I think that this will be like a huge opportunity if Falco wants to go back to calling to kind of learn from Stanislaw and learn, you know, tier one approach and what works. And even just, you know, boiling it down to schedule, match day prep, all that stuff is really nice to have just from the experience perspective. I will say playing with Sanslaw, it was actually a really great experience. And like for me, I learned a lot, even though it was like only a little bit of time. I mean, it was a really great experience, honestly. Really enjoyed it and I just learned so much. And I I learned a lot in that like small amount of time, honestly. A lot of eye opening things. Well that's good to hear. Uh now one person we didn't talk about was Klasia. Um, you know, is this the second time he got removed from the RBG? EGCD squad for his attitude, M&M's? It, it would be, yeah. A le- a reportedly, that he's uh, been removed for uh, reportedly attitude issues and disappointing attitude issues. So I would say that, yeah. I mean, it's like he's still, he's still, really, he's still really young, right? Like, he's mm-hmm. been playing since he's been 15, and he's basically just been, like, uh, you know, a complete gamer, D- D-Gen gamer for this whole time since he's been, like, 15. But it's like... It's so disappointing to see. I mean, it's so disappointing to see from him because, like, theoretically, let's say you, Klazia makes his way back on. If Klazia was never cut, you just had Stanislaw, and then you just have you have him call and with those pieces, and then that roster is like the straight mustard. But now it's just like, and he's on the bench too. Like, he's going to be on the bench for some time. And where does he really go after this? Like, there's nowhere. I I don't really know if there's anywhere he, he can go where he hasn't already been. Like he could maybe return to gaming gaming gladiators when his contract's up, but they'd have to find space for him there. He could go to Northern Forces, but that's a definite like that's a massive downgrade for some of his talent. It's gonna be like another two. I think it's gonna be another year or two years before we see him really like come back into the scene after he's done some maturing. It's very disappointing. Yeah, especially because it's the second time, and I mean, it kind of you touched on like. To throw away EG is definitely a really bad, like, sign, especially, like, in the optics. Like, that was such a good opportunity. That is, like, especially in the current state of NA, especially, you know, they just Mm -hmm. promoted Hexed. So they're showing that this isn't just a team to exist, to be like, oh, you know, we're helping save NA. Like, it's actually providing real chances to get onto the Tier 1 team. And to, you know, throw that away is definitely not a good look. I think that Clay is somebody that has, like, an immense amount of talent. I know that he, like, works hard. And... I've always thought he's like a really good player, but uh, if he can't fix, you know, the attitude problem, then it's definitely something that is just going to be unfortunate, and it's just going to be a waste of talent at the end of the day. The and worst so, part, too, yeah. yeah. The worst part too is I think he's a player who like knows what his issue is. When I talked to him at the not the most recent Fresh Chicago, but the one before that, when he was playing with Chaco Check, he definitely expressed remorse from being cut from RBG, and he told me that like, hey, I reflecting back on it would do anything to get back onto a real team because at that time you know chaka check was just pugging with exotic and all that it wasn't really functionally functioning like a real team and he knows that like his attitude is the issue that's holding him back so you would assume back then in january be the break for him that would finally you know lead him to uh you know sort of go on a redemption arc but it seems like he still has a lot of maturing to do and i mean i don't think eg would rehire him there's liquid he's not good enough for liquid at this time and I don't think complexity would, you know, necessarily... I don't think complexity makes sense either, so it's just going to be back into the ECL grind for him once again. I mean, maybe eventually EG will go back to him. I mean, he's going to be under contract for a while. Maybe in the time period, he changes a lot. I mean, it's just what Valen sees or, like, what they see. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be openings, like, that he'll that will come around. Yeah. So. 
this is have uh this has definitely like even though even though like the rbg or the choco check what uh, you brought up m&ms was his uh down point i think this is like the lowest of the low and hopefully he can bounce back from that so he's he's an amazing player so let's move on to uh complexity they bench junior and sign halzer we'll start off with uh Pladen. what are your thoughts on this move uh I think that it should have happened. Uh, it's it's been a, a long time coming. There's been some pretty major issues with just how he's been approaching the game alongside JT. You can definitely see that there's clashes with how he wants to approach the game, and I don't think that's necessarily like his fault. Like in the grand scheme of things, the team just doesn't work for him, and I think that his motivation is probably at an all-time low, especially with how the community treats him, um, and. I'm hoping that he he kind of goes back and 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 plays with Shake because that's that's the best I've ever seen him play, uh, and I hope to to see more of it. I mean that that's that's personally what how I how I see this. I think he just needs to gain his confidence a little bit more, and uh, maybe maybe we can have a turnaround because the potential that this guy has shown uh, through mm-hmm. multiple tournaments under Triumph and and uh, Bad News Bears, it's like it. The potential is there. It's just it has not been channeled every time he's gotten the big opportunity. And there's just got to be that right star to align uh, for him to to try to uh, break through. I think there's still potential in him for me. It's hard for me to talk about like this stuff because I'm like, uh, pretty close to everybody on the team, so I don't want to like yeah yeah air things. But I mean, I think the junior is an incredible talent, and I think that he's like such a good opera. I just think he needs to find a way to become mentally stronger. You know, as you talked about the community, the HLTV, the Reddit, like he he's got to find a way to tune all that out to not let that affect his game. And I mean, just speaking about like complexity, it's just I don't know. It's just something that didn't work out. Uh, there's like a multitude of reasons, but uh, I. I don't know. I think that he's still got the talent. I know that he's had two unsuccessful runs at Tier 1, but I still think he's an incredible opper who can do it. He just needs to find the right fit and the right team, and 100% he can do it. I think that this entire complexity project is definitely one that we had a lot of high hopes for, and I just hope that this is a move that can help them kind of sort of get sort of get to that level that we'd like to see, because I mean, when that team was formed, I mean, it was the five, like, hottest, best upcoming players at their positions. Like, you could not have asked for a better you know, team, org, all that stuff. And so uh, I think we all want to see this team succeed. And I just hope this move can, you know, help that. I wonder what the social dynamics were like on complexity. It's something that has, I don't think has been really looked into that intensely. But you kind of look at like the, the every team, you know, has little like micro clicks in it, whether it's, you know, teams from the same, players from the same nationality that hang out together or people who are friends from previous teams. But you have the core of the roster, which is extra salt. Then you have Grimm and Junior. I'm kind of wondering if he just needs, like, a pal on a team to activate him. Because on Furia, he was socially isolated. On Complexity, I don't... You know, obviously, all NA players know all NA players because there's only, like, 30 of you guys running around. But ultimately, like, I wonder if he just needs someone who's willing to, like, advocate for him and advocate for his space on the team. Like Paladin said, um, there was sort of a clash between, J- you know, between what JT wanted the team to sort of look like and the roles which Junior would fit into. And, I mean, do you see... Alan does... Has the way JT has been utilizing Junior, is that drastically different from how you think he needs to be used to activate him as a player? Um, I think that he has very similar freedom, but I don't think he utilizes it as much as he would on my teams. And I don't think he's as confident making the plays that he wants to that he is on like you know my teams. But I think that mm-hmm. JT does give him freedom and he utilizes him in a very similar vein. 
but I mean, like, kind of fundamentally with the way that ops are utilized now, it's it, it is hard for Junior to have success because the way the complexity does things is they do run like a lot of strats and it's a lot of set stuff and they haven't been winning and t-side opping is definitely really tough if your team isn't winning or your team isn't progressing to kind of favorable or you know even mid-round situations and so you know you look at oppers and they're mostly supporting execs they're playing post plans they're going for opening picks so i think that he's like sort of doing the same stuff but you also do rely on some team success when you're opping and that's been you know a struggle for them Let's let's look at the. Uh, oh, go ahead, Frog. I was just gonna say, what about Halzerk? Like, uh, that feels like a bit of a weird pickup for me, just because like drawing a comparison to another EU opera that was brought in a while back, Cirque, Right, Cirque was kind of unknown. Right, uh, he was a up and coming talent. Halzerk, I mean, we we've kind of seen what he can do, and that was you know carry the corpses of the former Nip guys for two years. And All right, relax. Just... Forest wasn't that okay. bad. Relax. Sure, sure, okay, but like Hoping. you know. It's just, is is he the right fit for this team? I mean, like, we kind of saw, I feel like, his peak. I'm not saying he can't perform better in NA, mm -hmm. but, like, uh, I just, I don't know that he's necessarily the most, I mean, it, probably better than any NA opper, don't get me wrong. I, I feel like an import was probably the play here, just because, like, beyond OC, NA opper is, like, uh, what, minus, I guess? That's maybe the next next one coming up? I, I don't know. Like, slight. Cyrex, yeah, maybe. I suppose. But like Danny, I mean, sometimes only on certain yeah, teams. I'm up and now again. <laughs> not on Friday. In the game. My off's pretty nice. Not on a Friday. It's not. Yeah, yeah I, just, I don't know. What do you guys just take on Halzer? I mean, I think I, it'll be I, good. Yeah, I, I like it personally, just because uh, from a from a business perspective, he's a free agent getting let go by Dignitas, mm -hmm. so that makes sense. Um, I think that he is genuinely generally from what i've seen from like you know the face cams and the player cams and blah blah he's a fiery personality and i think somebody to give that kind of boost of energy to a team that frankly needs a lot of energy right now and a lot of like motivation to succeed that i think is super important um and I, I think that he hasn't really had the right opportunity to to play consistent tier one stuff and since uh there'll be a partner team complexity like there will be opportunities for him to actually have every every fight against tier one opposition and um i don't think he got that at dignitas like the the biggest tournaments that he did was what like the showdowns uh yeah and they would get eliminated mm. in like the first and round the snow like, sweets, no yeah like yeah it, it's not real i don't think it's a good enough indication as to what hazard's level is uh, i think giving him a fair shot in in this kind of like you don't really have to put too much stock in if you're complexity because you did pick him up as as a free agent i'm 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 pretty sure, like, they wouldn't be paying him the, the craziest of salaries. I, I don't... It's a very, like, low-risk play, and I think that it has a pretty high upside if it does work out. I mean, like, he already showed that he can play at European level. Like, you know, he, he didn't play a lot of Tier 1 teams, but he played some, and, like, obviously it didn't go that, like, bad. But, I mean, like, Tier 2, he, like, kind of destroyed in Europe, honestly. Oh, totally. So, I mean, obviously Junior wasn't doing that well, and I mean, it's probably the safest move you can make. I mean, there's only so many options. Like, you, there's no one from NA, really. And then after that, who are you going to go with? You have to get someone from Europe. And no, you're not going to get any top offer from Europe. Besides, you have to you have to look for someone that's, like, release, just got released and no other offer is going to leave their team for complexity, let's be honest. No one in the top 30 probably will, so. Yeah, and then I think the other perspective that you could take is that 
well, now you're kind of siphoning off the the one quote unquote issue that everybody is is suggesting complexity is having issues with, and that's the opping. Well, if this goes wrong with Hauser also not providing results, well, then that's when you can kind of start to turn to the core of the team and say, like, okay, well, yeah. is it the true identity of the team that's that's messed up, or is it the opping issue? And if it is just an opping issue, then hey, problem solved. You've just you spent uh, as little money as possible and you've gotten a crazy upside for it. And if not, you well, now you've pinpointed the issue. Maybe you switch to a different IGL. Maybe you, you abandon the NA project. Like th- there are so many different avenues that you can go with, with as little effort uh, with picking up Halzerk, I think. What, uh, what do you guys rate this move? I give it an eight. 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 Yeah. Eight. Yeah. It's, I mean, Understanding that this is like a budget team and that they aren't looking to spend the insane amount of money they did with the previous squad, like it is the most pragmatic move. It's not exciting, but it's a good move straight up. Um, I mean, there isn't really many options though. I mean, yeah, you have to yeah. deal with it. One thing I'm curious what you guys are thinking is we asked the question with EG, what do we think about their major prospects? What do you guys think about like, I think they'll make it to the RMR again. I mean, mm-hmm. it, there's no reason they shouldn't make it to the RMR. Or do they have an RMR spot already? I can't remember. No. No, no. no. I, I think they'll make it to the major. Honestly, I agree. They definitely I think could. So. Yeah. Okay. I think the field is too weak for them to not make, make, make it. it through. At least when I say weak, I mean in comparison to the caliber of team that Complexity is. And the last go around that they had at the RMR, I didn't think that they had major issues. Obviously, they went through a lot more, uh, like just ups and downs emotionally. But I think that. What, once they hit their stride when playing against North American teams, like they, I feel like that's when they get their mojo back and they at least have the confidence and momentum to get into the major. Now, what do they do with the major? I think the jury's still out on that. I think we need to see them at fall um, for, for Blast Premier uh, and, and at EPL and see what they have to offer because that is where we'll get to really see whether or not these these personalities fit together and if there's a future for this this core in general, I think. I mean, the one thing that kind of sucks is when they when they go to Blast, they instantly play. Uh, oh uh, yeah, are they in the group? Navi. Yeah, they instantly play Navi. I mean, same with like same with fucking Hex. I mean, I know we already talked about it, but first game yeah. he's playing is against Phase. Like, I mean, it's just unlucky for the both of them to like at least try something new and then play against the best two teams in the world. I mean, I mean good, the good thing is it, it's it, it's the it's not the elimination completely, right? It's like the seeding no, or whatever. It's, yeah, it's, it's, so hopefully uh, they get like a more reasonable knockout stage or like a, just a favorable matchup, but yeah. they've just been dealt a really shit hand. I mean, until I they mean, prove that they're a successful team, they're always going to be a low seed in all these tournaments. I mean, that's kind of right. like the, you know, I mean, that's what every team runs to. Uh, there's usually just a few open qualifier spots to kind of, you know, soften the blow, but like, you know, you'll... I don't know. Like it, especially with these closed events like Blast, where it's just the invite teams. Like until they prove that they're one of the top teams, they're always going to be playing the phase and not be first round. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good test, honestly. Not even just to say like we can all be real here and pretty much expect them to lose their opening matches, but that's not what I'm expecting to see from them. I just want to see how they hold up because I don't. I feel like there's a lot of teams, especially like with NA prospects there, who might get in their own heads and say, holy shit, we're about to play Navi and just kind of shit the bed because of that fact. So I want to see if they're able to just mentally stay in it. Because if they are if, if they can, then there's going to be a lot of room for them to improve on and be able to stay in future games and build off of. I th- if Dazzle I think- can beat Simple, anybody can. No, I mean, I think JT and I think JT... <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I think... <laughs> different A different time, a different Navi. Um, uh, I think with, like... 
JT, though, I think him and his troops have been around uh, the block long enough where they're not going to be super scared of playing, you know, European, uh, top European opposition. I just am kind of curious to see the degree to what, under this new system, to what JT is able to do as an individual, because we don't expect a lot from him as an individual. But if he gets outright bullied on the server at Blast, it kind of makes you wonder, like, is he producing enough and a team that's already fragging deficient and... I think that'd be sort of the next avenue you'd have to go to is like look at JT's spot in the team if they fail, you know, to do something productive in the last five months of the year. I mean, they look to him for a lot of openings as well, right? Like he's got a pretty integral like identity to this roster, even just on the server, like when it comes down to like clicking heads. So even even that, like if, if he doesn't have success there, then it's just like really dire straits. So in my eyes, I think he's the next guy on the chopping block. I agree with the MMs. I think we hit on complexity pretty well. We got a shit ton of roster moves to go on. And we got the big one, another big one hitting up, and that's G2, adding JKX and Hooksy. I want to throw this off the frog to start it off. What do, you, what do you think on these moves? I mean, I think it actually shows a bit of growth from G2 management. Uh, instead of just throwing money at the problem, they actually thought about it and went, hmm. What IGL like would actually benefit our team and our structure right now? They didn't just go for the biggest name. They didn't go for Cloud. They didn't go for, you know, the most high person. They went for Hooksy. And I think Hooksy could actually do quite well in this team. Uh, it obviously, you know, leaves to be seen if, if Nico will sort of respect that. I mean, I think it's a little like Don. I, I'm sure Nico's not actually like out here spitting in his IGL's face every game. But, um, <laughs> you know, uh, ultimately... <laughs> Uh, it leaves to be seen if, if that will really work out long term. Uh, and JKS is also an interesting addition for me, provided you know that's actually happening. Uh, because again, role wise, uh, I think it kind of works. Uh, it's not necessarily the the sexiest move, but um, it, like it might actually get them wins. It might actually push them up to winning titles. Because I mean, what was the, when was the last time they won an event like twenty nineteen or something? 20, actually, I think twenty sixteen. Yeah. Believe it or not, it was oh, that last term of, Ken, of of the French. Are you sure? I thought wasn't you're talking about like the ESL one Marseille or IM Marseille, yeah. right? No, no, that no. Was, uh, I, I'm thinking it was DH Masters. Uh, if you don't count, okay. So if you don't count Blast like Premier regular seasons, which you shouldn't because it's first through third. Yeah. The last S tier event they won. Now get this shit. Strap in. It was Dreamhack Masters Malmo 2017. Malmo. Ooh. When G2 consisted of Shocks, Body, NBK, Kenny, and Apex. So. It's been such a long time since they've won a trophy that their team has, bears no relationship to this team anymore. So, effectively, you can say like G two has never won a title since they've gone no, international, which is what do you kind mean? of embarrassing. They won the Battle of Betway versus MIBR last uh. year. Ooh. <laughs> no, it, it's I'll, I'll push back in the sense that they're not throwing money at the situation. JKS did not have a cheap buyout, uh, from yep. what I saw, and. That is just it is again. It's it is a big time move to to spend the money on JKS. I think their CT sides will definitely get better, um, and that was a sore lacking point. But it is it is. I think all of the pressure is on Hooksy at this point, and whether or not he can kind of rally the troops and make a cohesive T side narrative. Because one thing that Alexi B was very good at was calling mid rounds, and their mid rounds looked very very lackluster when when they were playing on G two. And if if Hooksy can can find the the potential that Nico and Hunter have shown time and time again, even Monacy as well, like the the sky's the limit for this team. Obviously, his style fits perfectly on this team. Like the theory and and like the on paper stuff about G two in this roster makes a lot of sense. But it's all and 
the thing was is the last roster also made a lot of sense on paper, but it never actually amounted to anything beyond that Katowice final. So I think it's it's a very like wait and see what happens because I think they, they still need to like prove themselves in the server before we can really like say anything. Like I, I it's really hard to speculate about G two in this day and age because they're just so all over the place. I think the the weight lies on Nico's shoulders at this point. You've gone. I mean, G two has spent a, a shit ton of money. They've gotten players that are like objectively amazing players. Hunter, Nico, Monazi as your as your working core. Now you're adding JKS, who is a clear upgrade to Jax, and you're adding Hooksy, who should fit you know what Nico wants to do on a server better. It definitely seems like he has a controlling interest in the way these roster moves go. And if we're gonna end, you know, um, it's like he's been with the team for he's been with G two for almost two years at this point in um, October. And if he hasn't delivered any trophies at that point, it's it kind of makes you wonder if you give him everything he wants and he can't succeed, is that everyone around him's fault or is that his fault? Yeah, I think I agree with you. The pressure is definitely on him just because it's been so long. And now you look at, you know, Kerrigan, there was a big dynamic with Kerrigan and FaZe and him kind of pushing Kerrigan out. So until G2 wins games, I think that Nico will always be under the most pressure because that's just how his whole career has been, especially like... If if he was more of a player like, you know, a Rops where he wasn't as involved in the decision making, the IGLing and stuff like that, we might look at it differently. But he is involved in all that stuff and so part of the responsibility will follow him regardless of if he's actually the problem or not. I mean, you know, the last IGL he won and he, you know, silver were with was Kerrigan. So did conflict breed excellence in that? Do you think having IGLs that sort of just like don't push back, like push back and force him into a system is what leads to success, or does he need to be un completely unleashed, like some under someone like Hooksy? Has anyone ever really talked about Nico? Like any like IGLs like talked about him? Like any any issues with Nico? Like I'm not sure if if any IGL would have just outed him like yeah, that yeah. straight up. Um, there were reports, but but yeah, it was him. it was all it was all a lot of reporting about what what he's what he's done and the kerfuffles mm -hmm. he's kind of spawned uh, when. Kerrigan was out the door, but like, I mean, I yeah, I do agree with you guys. There's a lot of onus on him to just perform at this point because even his individual forms kind of dipping. Uh, the kind of impact that he had is is not as much. Like I think he, the the best tournament that he's had at least recently was probably the Spring Finals, um, but they didn't they didn't achieve that many great results there either. So. Even even if you just look at it from a player perspective, there's also an issue there. Like we're not getting the same level of consistency that we used to have from Nico, and that's been clearly showing even in that department when they're in like those really tight situations where they just can't close it out because individuals just go missing. I do think that this team has the blueprint though of a very successful team because if you look at kind of a lot of the, like the top tier teams right now, it's that they have three very, very capable players, star-like players. They have one IGL that just kind of runs around, gets information, pretty much just mm. intentionally feeds every game. Yeah. And then you have, like, kind of one supportive element who you kind of want to have a little bit of upside in terms of fragging, you know, like a Perfecto. And JKS, you know, he might not be in his prime anymore, but, he, I mean, he was a star back in the day. You know that he can deliver on the server. We saw what he did with FaZe. Like, if he can just be that supportive element who frags well, like, you know, you know you have the star power coming out from Nico. You know you have the star power coming out from Hunter. And if Monacy can continue to develop and build, then, you know, they have the blueprint to be a very successful team. To add on what you're saying, Shake, with uh, JKS, 
I saw it on Reddit posts that one for one for positions where Jax played, he played like he fits in perfectly where Jax plays. So he's going to be a great addition. Uh, as for Hooksy, are you guys worried about Hooksy's individual skill? It was no, like a 0.73 no. or something. I don't think he'll be all right. He'll be all right. They have okay. all the pieces they need. Like they've got literally every single person who can frag out other if than an IGL. I don't think fragging's ever really been the problem. If he's just, I mean, if he's the one, like, I mean, what a lot of IGLs do, they'll just go in first too. And I mean, if he's going in first, you're you're running behind, or you have fucking Nico and Hunter behind you. I mean, come on. Yeah, you have some of the best trade fraggers in the world on your team. I don't. It think won't matter that, that much. I don't think that ever was gonna matter. It, it's all about cohesion to me. That's I think mm. the main issue with g2 at the moment and i mean hey if they if they can show that kind of cohesion there is no stopping this team this team will be in that conversation of top three easily how would you how would you how would you guys grade this lineup like an eight. An eight. 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 Yeah. eight yeah because it's all dependent like... on how it always works i feel like that's every yeah. g2 roster move nowadays yeah. it's like it's always a good move but it never ends up working all right mm-hmm. uh i think g2 made the good moves uh let's move on to another big, well, big... Um, before you do that uh can we talk about Boomich. Oh, the Boomich. Oh, Boomich. <laughs> you want to take this M&Ms? <laughs> he, he, he is he is off the boil. His fucking box is completely gone. Like, I think he... I, I don't think he really returns the tier whenever. I think he had a shot and he blew it by, you know... What, what's, the, what's the phrase? You know, don't Come put your dick up. in crazy, as they say. <laughs> like, yeah. he's, you know, he's making music videos. He's, like, dyed his hair. He's wearing, like, the the bright floral shirts. You know, he's arguing with, like, Carlos on Twitter, like... And I think he doesn't understand that... He's never played on a team that speaks English, as far as I can remember. So it's like... And he's like, oh, I'm totally ready to go and be a Tier 1 IGL and speak English on in an English-speaking team. But people also forget that it's not so much that Boomich individually is an amazing IGL. It's that Boomich, with Blade standing over his shoulder mm-hmm. and helping him out with, like, the tactics and, you know, with his strat book is what makes them an amazing duo. So if he's, you know, acting like this, he doesn't speak English amazingly, and he's lost, like, the part that part of his almost brain that enables him to be a Tier 1 IGL, I don't really know, like, what his, you know, what his future is. And kind of being doing stuff like this, where he's like, oh, yeah, G2 was totally going to sign me, and it fell through. Like, it's not a good look for you. So I feel Carlos... like everybody kind of has to prove it twice. Yeah, you have to prove that you can do it once, and then when you leave or you have a roster change, everybody doubts you again. And if you can prove you can do it again, I think that's when everybody kind of gives you yeah. the benefit of the doubt. Kerrigan like, especially effect. with Kerrigan right yeah. now, yeah. Like, everybody, like this redemption arc, the fact he's winning, proves that he is the IGL. Like, he is the GOAT IGL. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, obviously, like, look at Glaive. They're winning four majors, but again, like, you have the stuff where he had the period where he won everything, and now people doubt him again, right? Can he do it without device? And you know, he's not winning recently, so there is, like, that doubt there, and there's no disputing what he's done in the past and all that, but I think people respect Kerrigan a lot more because he's done it twice. And it sucks that, like, all the stuff that Blade is doing with Electronic, and Electronic looks so good as an yeah. IGL, it's like, it just loses, it tanks your stock even more that they're succeeding without you, and they don't have a quote-unquote, like, storied IGL on their team. Uh, I think it's just... It feels curtains for 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 Boomage. He's kind of a one hit wonder in a way too. That he did join, like he didn't join Navi on the onus that he was an amazing IGL. He joined on the onus that you know Zeus, an amazing IGL, would train him how to be a good IGL. So his pedigree is basically basically his ability to absorb Zeus's knowledge and work with Blade, rather than the fact that oh yeah, like if they swapped out Boomage, say for or Zeus for Boomage straight out the gate, you're like oh that's that's sexy. Like that's proves that he's the new you know CIS hotness, but it really 
his resume is kind of less thick than it appears to be on the base of winning a major. Uh, speaking to yeah. move on a little off the G2 stuff, let's head on to the other like EU powerhouse before we mention the fall of Boomich. And that was Ernst um, benching Hades and Edin Pius from uh, Movistar Riders. And there's also the rumor of Spinks leaving for Vitality. I think this was out of nowhere, man. I don't know where the hell this came from, to be honest with you. <laughs> I don't think the Ernst roster is that bad. I think they were just kind of like getting unlucky lately, honestly. like A lot of the games were close, and I think they really need to make a change. The problem with like... the Ents roster is they don't have any direct invites to anything, so that team is yeah. essentially just waiting to get picked apart. Well, they're an EPL partner, though, so... I are mean, they? Yeah, they're... yeah, yeah they, they are an EPL oh. partner, yeah. There you go. I just they went in Blast. I remember that was the big... Yeah, EPL, qualifier, qualifier for qualifier. Yeah, an EPL. Well, it kind of sucks, though, for them. I mean, they had a really I... good roster. I, I think just, the I think... issue was like a fatigue thing. Like w- when their bad results are slowly coming, like towards the like very close to the player break, and it feels like the I think the reason why this is happening is because Spinks is out the door. So they're kind of like you know, if he's if Spinks is going to Vitality, then we kind of have to reanalyze the structure of our team, and we're now losing a sore amount of firepower. And Hades was obviously a big issue in far in terms of consistency. Like he was, it was a far cry from. From when he was succeeding with with them during EPL way back when, uh, but I think adding Sun Pius is kind of like, I don't know, it feels like a lateral up lateral move because I think another big issue about Sun Pius is his consistency. So to me, it's like this is going to be a real test for Snappy to kind of uh, see if he can do it with a new like like star-ish player, uh, a bunch of star-ish players on his team, and if he can do it or not, will be like really interesting because i think that you've kind of lost a huge chunk of like the the big the, the big heavy hitters on your team and now you kind of have to prove it again with a new set of players you know now i think we'll... they're trying to recreate them in the aggregate essentially like mm-hmm. they have sun Pius who is going to be you know 0. 0.05 0. 0.1 better than hades hopefully and then you're not going to get a player that's as good as sphinx he's not going to you know you're not going to get anybody that's going to be as fragging powers impactful so if you just get a player that's like able to do their job and as you know like a 1.1 you're kind of able to balance it out as opposed to like losing it all right speaking of sphinx like one of vitality the rumor has going to vitality. it's not closed yet but it's pretty much certain he is How- now doesn't now doesn't get these wrong a lot so it's like yeah. something i feel like you can trust yeah just like you know you want the for sure link you know to be confirmed um what the, what's ends how ends gonna round that lineup up what um thanks I can speak a bit about that. I mean, I, I believe the, the HLTV article you have pulled up there mentioned uh, Favin Faster, which obviously now we know is not happening, and uh, Launx mm-hmm. or Launx. Yeah. Uh, I think that Launx would have been the best. Uh, from my understanding, it's not happening. Uh, but in terms of, like, future, like, you know, Sphinx was good before joining Ents, obviously. We all know that. But uh, he really showed what he could do on Ents. And I think that would have been the same for Launx. But uh, I don't think, from what I've heard, he's not going to get the opportunity, which sucks. Um, the The player I've heard they're bringing in is is also equally good in terms of like high firepower. But like replacing Spinks in the form he's been in right now is just kind of impossible. Hence why I think they kind of had to make the extra change and go for a better opper. Um, just because like if if you're going to lose that much firepower, you're likely going to have to restructure the way you play. Uh, and then. You know, if if your opping's just not on par with everyone else out there right now, uh, you might as well make a make that extra move and grab Sun Pius. Whether or not he's the best choice, I'm not sure, but yeah. we'll see. 
are um are Ents taking a chance on some pious even though he showed like back-to-back good tournaments like he's peaking at the right moment what do you guys think of some pious it i think it's a I risk think. I, yeah. I i think it's a risk because if you look if you look beyond this like when he's had he's when he's been in the big time situations uh when, when he was at um the the last stage that they qualified for in Stockholm, he dropped off a cliff and Movistar mm-hmm. did absolutely nothing uh, in that stage because he just disappeared. Um, there are tournaments where he has crazy peaks like he did with that back-to-back, uh, th- these back-to-back tournaments. But the question is, is how long can he keep that up? Because I again, I think Ence's biggest issue is that they need an opera that is consistent. And if they have the same issue that they had with Hades with Sun Pius... Uh, it's not going to be good enough, I think, and that's the that's the real issue that they that's been holding them back from winning championships and stopping themselves at semifinals. Like that is the most important thing is how consistent Senpai is going to be. Now he has to speak English as well. Like he's not like he's he's been playing on Spanish teams, right? So that's going to be a tough tough call to say either. Like I I don't know how that's going to fare. How would yeah. you guys rank this lineup? This this move? For, uh... Oh man, <laughs> I mean. The, the roster I kind of picked like a part, but I mean it's like probably like a six. Yeah, yeah. I go yeah, with like a six, soft six. Yeah, it's it's the unfortunate situation of like they weren't really in control here. If they could have kept the things the way they were, I think they would have. But you know, they didn't play those. Came knocking. They didn't even play the bad in tournaments, like honestly. But Not like I mean, yeah. if they're getting offered, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars for like a buyout for like Sphinx, for example, like I mean, the orgs don't take it, hundred percent. Like, I don't think they ever have the power to like resist yeah, it either. Yeah. Like they're good. They're yeah. we ends is the smallest probably Louvre partner that that was able to make their way into the you know semi franchise. Um, they kind of have to take what offers they get, and they kind of have to choose players that are like it's a risky move. But they kind of have to choose players that aren't as obvious to the other orgs because otherwise they'll lose the bidding war every time. So yeah, where yeah. you know where we see like uh, you know. An org, like a bigger org, would never choose someone who has like a forty percent chance of not being that amazing as an opera. But for ends, a player with only a forty percent chance of failing is amazing for them. If the sixty percent chance is being amazing, because otherwise they just will they won't be able to you know get an opera. There's not there's not like we saw with complexity. There's not really operas you can get that are cheap on the market and are also amazing. No, like yeah, it's a unicorn. Really no one. That's there's no one on the market. Uh, speaking, Did... moving on from Ents, let's uh, hit on to the other uh, with Navi saying, with Blade confirming that SDY is staying to the major. What's your guys? I think he's earned it. But He uh... did well. He's shown that he can fit in, and he's like brought Navi to what looked like an entirely new level at the time that we saw him. And that was just after a couple of weeks of him being on the roster. Imagine after working with him for the whole last player break, I mean, it's a super like it's it's not that risky for for Navi as a whole, right? You've kind of set a timer for SDY of saying we want to win championships, we want to break that phase of Navi rivalry and start winning stuff. And if we can't do it by Rio, then obviously there has to be changes made. And I think it, it's it, this this perfect like like risk adverse option for, for Blade and Navi that like hey, if if he doesn't do it, then it's like you've given him a fair amount of tournaments, but you've given him EPL and what. The fall groups as well. What other tournaments are there? There's not that much uh, before Rio, but they, they've got a couple of showings at least to show that you know, hey, uh, this, this whether this or not will work, will work in the long run or not. But I think this is a pretty safe thing to do. Oh yeah, it is. Better. He's not I, supposed to be like the star of the team or anything like that either. He's supposed to just kind of do his job. And he's I been mean, doing it. I think honestly, if you look at look at it. They probably could have beaten FaZe in the in the finals, but I mean, he's not supposed to have like a breakout game or anything like that. But like Bit also didn't have like a insane series too. 
you know, bid like plays how he usually does. That doesn't go phase way probably, honestly. So how come they haven't signed him? Are they concerned then? Well, I think if, still you, testing if, you, it. if you sign him, then that means you're committing, right? And mm-hmm. I think that they still don't feel completely certain that this is the right move. And I don't blame them, right? Like you've seen so many different interviews between Simple and Blade and just various players on the team that are like, yeah, he's making a lot of mistakes, but like, you know, yeah. he's, he's really been learning and he's like really trying to, to persevere through it and then and, and clean up his mistakes as much as possible. And even after they lost the final, they were like, yeah, we made a lot of mistakes. Simple was saying that even after winning the MVP. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's it's just like, a oh, you, you, you don't have to necessarily lock lock it down and then, look foolish after if it doesn't work it's kind of like okay well you you get all of the upside of having sdy on your team without actually signing him and you get none of the 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 lash out from the community saying that well why'd you sign sdy if you can't win anything so it's like it kind of like a win-win as far as i see it for for, for navi as an org there's really no reason to sign him yeah it's like there's nothing you gain by signing him there's only there's only downsides to signing him Mm -hmm. and unfortunately he is one of the best players that navi can get there's not a ton of ukrainian players that are ready for tier one i would argue there's none that aren't already on navi they've said explicitly they won't go for russian players Mm -hmm. so what does that leave you with like i can't think of any you know kazakh players that are maybe ready there's no belarusians that are ready there's really no one he is the best player unless you just try someone from your academy side but you know navi probably looks at the situation and says okay we won a major with an academy player we just brought in last time are we going to really win that gamble again to immediately find someone in our academy program who's ready for tier one? I don't think anyone's has stood out as, you know, bit or Monazi has. So it's like, I, I would like to disagree with you there uh, from working on Academy league this season and speaking to Hedrick. Uh, I think he would down the line, be a, a good candidate to promote. Just How far down the line one. though? Uh, I mean, I, I think it, the thing is, like, uh, post-major, if this doesn't work with SDY, I think he's their backup candidate. Because, as you mentioned, they're not signing anyone from, from Russia. They're not going to sign anyone from, likely, Belarus. There's no one really in Kazakhstan to, to step up. Because, I mean, like, since the, the, the old Gambit guys, like, there's not really been that many players uh, coming up in Kazakhstan. Um, and I think Hedrick, like, is probably the, the best next thing. He's really stepped up uh, since being able to kind of, like, be the star of the show after after Monsi and... Uh, uh, you know, Monsi leaving and all that. And he's currently the primary opera on Avi Jr., uh, but that's not really where he's most comfortable. He would do better as a hybrid. Um, I think he could slot into this team well and, and give them even more firepower. I don't I, I don't think that's what Navi needs necessarily, but I think that's kind of maybe what they're weighing up. They want to see if he's ready or if it'll work out with SDY. Uh, I mean, but... my, my issue with that is is even with Bit, he wasn't completely... 100% out of the gates, right? Like, I'll try to remind you guys that, like, oh, yeah. he replaced Flamey on certain maps, right? And Well, that was dumb. Like, that was... It was dumb, right? But was a thing on their part. And, and, and I think that I think that Hedrick will also need time to just sure. integrate into this lineup and, and do Tier 1. Because, look, at, uh, we already have a little bit of a sample size with when he played on the main roster at EPL, right? Uh, and he didn't look that flamboyant. He had a couple couple clips here or there but i don't think he was nothing that really jumped off the page and and in my eyes it's not necessarily that he might be good like a little bit down the road it's like we want to win tournaments now if if you're thinking in navi's in navi's perspective because you've you've assembled essentially one of the greatest cores of cis counter-strike of all time and you want to win as much as possible in the shortest amount of time and that requires the least amount of effort in developing another player that i would think that keeping SDY is 
like honestly one of if not the best move that you can make at the moment and if not you have to take a chance on somebody that's a little bit more experienced and running the risk of trying to develop another player might be really adverse to just them succeeding again even though the the upside of the risk might be pretty good in the long run i don't know I think an issue is just the fact that Navi have an expectation that I don't think is realistic anymore. I mean, Eminem's has just talked about how there's nobody really ready to step into the plate and fill in what Navi want or like fill in a spot for Navi where they can just start winning events. Somebody is going to have to be developed, I think, regardless of who you pick up, whether it's SDY, whether it's Hedrick, whether you go deeper in the CIS scene, somebody has to be picked up and developed. And Navi, as you said, want to win now. That's not something that I think is realistic for them. Like if they want to win now. I don't think developing somebody is going to be realistic at all, quite frankly. And it's an issue because I think if something goes wrong in these next upcoming events, SDY might get the short end of the stick, when in reality, you just take a little bit of extra time to develop him and this is going to be a deadly lineup. Or you spend more time on somebody in the future coming to the equation that you're already at now. Sure. I think we all are pretty good on, like, I think for Navi, it's a pretty safe roster move. It doesn't, doesn't really hurt them. And we all agree that, like, if it doesn't pay out, they can always move on and it's next step, right? They can just get yeah. new. I think they should just, like, see what happens after the major exactly. and go from there. All right, let's move on to Fnatic, which happened signing on Friday. They added Vasher from, uh, what team was it? Aesthetic. 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 Yeah. How would you guys rank that? Rate that? Dude, I love this move. Like, yeah. I, 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 move. Like, I, I think Messi. for Vasher, it's really, really good because oh my god, this guy has been smurfing in Tier 2 Europe for so long now and carrying a team that, like, after Ecstatic made the couples of move that they had to make were just a hollow shell of what they used to be. And uh, Fashion was still performing on that team as well. And I think that you you have, like, a huge firepower upgrade over, I think, they had Heap, right? If, if yeah, I'm wrong, yeah. they're trialing him. Yeah. And I think that is a miles, miles better of, a, of an upgrade. Now, the other issue that it still is, is like, lingering with Fnatic is is how effective is Mezzi going to be as an IGL and what can he lead this team again? Um, I think le less uh, talking about Fasher because I think that move as a whole makes a lot of sense. It's more so, like, what is Mezzi going to do on this team, and is he going to be able to lead a complete international lineup again? Because we've seen that there's been issues previously, right, with with Alex not being able to lead a team and whatnot, and and having to cut him. I'm just wondering what Fnatic's goal even is at this point, because it feels like they're kind of trying to do a bunch of a couple of things. Like you've got Faster, who we've just established, kind of smurfing in tier two, and has been for a while. It's like, are they trying to get a roster that's going to be a contender in the future or a contender now? Because it kind of felt like, at least to me, when they picked up Roy and Nikodas, they were trying to like. Those were going to be the two players that needed to be established. They wanted to start putting their name in the hat for actual, like, big names and big events. But then they start picking up all sorts of players from the Tier 2 scene that need to be developed. A roster that looks deadly in the future, but I think as of right now, isn't going to do anything. I mean, like, I think the, the main issue as well for me with a faster pickup is the longevity of this team. I mean, the average age literally now is 25.9, right? Uh, Nikodos is a bit younger, so is Mezzi, but like Crims is 28, Roy is 28, uh, and, and Fasher is 26. There's no problems, you know, with late bloomers. You can get a few years out of them, just like, you know, G2 did with Jax. It's definitely possible. But where's the long term vision here? You know, Crims is your legacy player. You want to keep him around as much as possible. Nikodos and Roy, you know, they've got a bit of a brand for them, you know, with, with their, they're active on socials and they're kind of funny. People like them, sure. But like, 
are you you know i think we can all agree that they're not going to win a major uh tomorrow right it's going to take time for them to even be like a competitor within tier one uh and and by the point they you know by that time are, are these guys still going to even be on this lineup or will have they all been past their, their primes i think uh Crim- crims is uh like date on this team is kind of getting closer and closer i think just because mm-hmm. He's had the most clashes with with the people on on uh, that have kind of cycled through this international thing. It seems like he doesn't even want to be a part of an international lineup, anyways. Like every time that we've had something like that, this has been bickering. Um, and then I think if they just I, honestly, if they just bring in another IGL, if they just pick up Alex off of the bench and just put him in for Crimson slot, I think this team is is still really good. Um, but that is that is I. I, I echo all of you guys sentiments there is no identity for this team and i think that's the biggest issue it's like what do, are we considering fanatic to be a budget org at this point in time like fitting into the more like um mao's esque org situation or are we going to say like they're like a fringe team like an nip that's looking to like kind of get the odd upset and playoff run uh and and like the, the crazy semi-final run here or there i feel yeah, like you can't like even team. oh go ahead because, I mean, you have Nikodos and Roy who got, you know, what was it, 8th through, or ninth through 11th at the last major, or the major before that, and then they made playoffs of the previous major. So you'd have, like, two solid pieces. Uh, Fasher is obviously a good up-and-coming player. So, like, there is a foundation, and it realistically could go either way. But I think that, you know, if this team doesn't work out, the Crims for an IGL is the most, like, logical thing down the road that you're going to look at. But I think Fnatic is just, they're trying to rebuild, they're trying to create some kind of identity, and... I think they're just trying to get players that are like good or players that have succeeded and they're just trying to figure out eventually a roster that works and if they can do that, I mean this team does have potential. Messi's was one of the biggest upcoming players. He's had great events. Like Fasher, you know, again, upcoming, like everybody recognizes he's played really well and then Roy and Nikodos proved it in Copenhagen Flames. So like there is a blueprint, there is the ability for this team to be successful. I don't know if they'll be like tournament winners, but to be like a solid tier one team, there is that foundation with uh, hey, with these guys. Hey, Shake, I have a, a quick question. Because mm. I, I interviewed Mezzi just on Friday about the idea that like IGL has like a fragging. Being an IGL, your performance and your fragging go down. Do you, do you believe in that? Uh, I think it's real because you're constantly having to do like sacrificial things or like i mean you'll die looking at your radar or just trying to explain things and again like it's way different when you just have to focus on your crosshair. Um, I think that there are people that are comfortable calling and, and fragging, you know, like the ability for me to set up my own plays and stuff like that. It's definitely a lot more comfortable than when other people are trying to set it up for me. So that I would say like positively impacts my performance, but you do have to focus on a lot of other things. And I do think that overall it makes it harder and worse for people to frag. But in the current day, like I think you need to be able to frag no matter what, like you need five players on the team that can frag and can shoot. Right. Yeah. Before we move on. I don't know. I think consistency big. is more of a big, like oh. a big issue. I think, yeah, for me, it's just impossible to rate this move. Like, I know Fasher's good. I know the players on his team are good, but it's just like Fnatic have been off of the like have been irrelevant internationally for such a long time, and they've just been trying so many wacky roster moves that it's like the equivalent of basically saying like, "What if NBK joins Sprout?" Like, I'm like, <laughs> I like I like NBK. I like Sprout. What happens if I put them together? I have no idea. It's like, what does Nicki Minaj know about cameras? <laughs> so I think that's enough about. When I, it's like when I um when I like look at this roster, 
I kind of just think like they've missed the last three majors. They're gonna try to qualify to the you know to this major. Um, I mean the major is all important to the ecosystem, but for me it's just this team kind of just reminds me of sort of the late game uh, Cloud Nine like the version with like Mixwell and Tens and all those guys where they fail, they remove a piece, they they add a piece, and they just constantly keep adding pieces and turning over until they think they find something that's wor- that works. And I, I just don't know, like, what their grand strategy is and making international roster and all that. It's just all very... I, I, I compare it almost to EG and just sort of, like, confu- mm-hmm. in, confused and just their choices don't make a ton of sense to me always. Alright, so we'll have to see how it plays out. So moving forward, Bakes resigned Taps and Gabi until 2027. They cleared up the rumors that Tapsin and Gabi were reportedly maybe even going to G2. Danny, what are your thoughts on this? Um, I think it's really good, honestly. Um, G2, or not G2, uh, Big hasn't been, like, they've been always, like, a top, like, 15 team. And they've been, I feel like, in the last, like, last couple of, like, times they've played, they haven't, it's been a lot of close series, honestly. And like they're like always a team that you can't take lightly. They always they will they will upset the other teams 100. percent I don't think they're gonna be like a top five team, but maybe in the future they could be with the yeah, pieces that they they keep. Yeah. I think it's the like, biggest. Oh yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, yeah, you, you go, you go. Uh, just I think the best part about this move is like Big has always gotten greater than always uh, provided results that are greater than the sum of its parts. And I think that comes down to the amount of work that Tapson and Gabi is, have been putting in. And, and frankly, they've been putting in even before they were on big. Like, they've been gaining so much chemistry playing together and, and playing alongside each other in, for, for so long that it's like it's so smart to keep these guys around and make them franchise players, make them the face of German CS, and kind of develop all of these new pieces. And whether or not they actually succeed on the team, it's like long-term it's it allows for this region to stay relevant in CS, which is and th- frankly, this region has, has always been so prominent in this in in this game's history that it's like not having uh, these two uh, along for that ride is is kind of a, a, a shitty deal. So I'm I'm hoping that that they still get the same kind of success where they're bringing out the best of German talent and they always get the best German talent and and try to break through because they've got some good pieces here as well, like. Developing players like Krimbo and, and and Favin, like that, that's an exciting prospect because they definitely have a lot of years to give. And I think that the 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 uh, depth of of Gabi's mind and how he develops younger players is still really fresh. And then Tapson, it doesn't look like his form is necessarily dropping off either. So I don't know. To me, this makes a lot of sense, and I, I like that they're doubling down on this whole uh, German. I angle. love the timing because what was the timing? When everyone was like, oh, Tapson and, and Gabi going to G2. And we're all on Twitter, it was on, the, on Reddit and stuff. They are like, no, they're not, it's not going to happen. And then the next day, they signed him. And the, end of the discussion. I just love the timing. Big me like the smartest plan. It's like, we're finalizing it, we're going to announce it. Like, and I, I got a huge on Twitter and everything, so it ends all these rumors. That was my take, which I love. Yeah, I, I, I have mixed feelings about it, personally. Just because, like... German CS was important, like, back in, in the old days, right? Like, 1.6 and stuff. Outside of big, there haven't really been that many Tier 1 German teams within CSGO, I feel. Um, and, I mean, when you think about it, like, the last team Tabson represented was NRG with Peter and Fugly, if I'm not mistaken, right? Like, that just kind of speaks volumes as to how long he's been with big. And, well, yeah, they, they've looked good at times, you know, over a lot of periods and as... Uh, mm-hmm. 
Paladin put it, like, you know, greater than the sum of their parts. And right now they have probably some of the best talents in, in Germany on their academy team. Uh, but, like, I just, I still don't really see a future for um, German CS the way it is, right? There's no one else really kind of challenging that. Uh, from from what I've heard, Sprout is moving away from from German players as well. It's it's just going to be the big show for forever moving forward. And I feel like that's kind of disappointing for someone like Tabson because I would have loved to see him kind of go for like a last hurrah. He's getting older, but he's still playing well. Playing on a team like G two would have been really exciting. As like, okay, I'm gonna win titles. This is how I end my career. I it's still possible to do it with big and you know props to him if he does it with like a german team and, and a project that he's been with since the start but i don't know how realistic that is that would have been a huge hit if tapson left the g2 for the german scene like from what he's done with big that would have just been like like who do you like what even happens you know yeah there's, there's no one to really replace him but at that point and like with all the success he's like brought to big and how consistently they've been so good over these five six years so let's move on to uh the french scene so heat signed jacks in place of lucky we're gonna kick this off to m&ms uh what do you think about this they, are, they are two of the french players in the scene i can confirm that <laughs> um <laughs> I mean, Jax is better than Lucky. That's why G2 cut Lucky first, I think. Um, he's a good supportive element. Uh, I think Heat are just kind of an Osoran squad, so the, all their improvements are going to be very incremental and almost like subtle, like very subtle. Um, I think Jax gets a lot of flack for not be for being like the least mechanically skilled player in G2, but that's not really his fault. I th I think he his longevity on G2 speaks to his quality as a player. Um, good move. Not a whole lot to say about it. Heat are kind of just a team that like will win like a local event or will win like yeah. an online cup, and you're like, good for them. I'm happy that they're, you know, I'm happy for them. But it's not like they're a team that really exists in the ecosystem of the things people watch regularly with 100k viewers. Where like, oh, you know, they don't fight for tro, they don't fight for trophies. But it's, it's good to have a French team in general. It's just a team that you hope figures out at some point, and maybe this roster move will do it. But, like, you know, you look at Movistar, I mean, that team's been together for a while. Like, you just don't know what you're eventually going to get. And this is a team that one day, six months from now, we might just see come out of nowhere and start to make it to the major and qualify for stuff and have a run. Or they might just be a team that's in Tier 2, that's a consistent Tier 2 team for a while. I don't, I don't mm -hmm. know. That's the you just have to hope that they figure it out at some point. This, this core, I mean. kind of what they are now. Yeah. I mean, this core was was on the cusp of actually qualifying for the major. They were about to eliminate Astralis from that RMR, and like they, yeah. I, they've shown a lot of really great signs. Uh, and I watched them at EPL conference; they looked very good there as well. This this team has been this core has been together for like like over a year and a half more than that, but by now, and so like it kind of makes sense that like maybe they just want that last bit of uh, like last bit of experience and and firepower to just take them over the top. And I think Jax is, is a player that could definitely bring that to this team. He's had experience playing with these players previously, right? If I'm not wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. 
Yeah, so he's uh, played with all of them, in fact. Right. Uh, so I I think it'll work. I I think that this this could be that last little thing that they need to start qualifying for for some of these events a little bit more regularly. And then like if they do well at EPL, right? Like that's when you get a lot of uh, tour points to start getting invites to some of these things, or at least invites to the close qualifiers. And uh, that's when you can kind of break the cycle because they're caught in a situation right now where they're on the fringe of entering that cycle, but they haven't been able to make that last step. I think this is a really good move for Jax as well, just because, like, you know, let's let's be honest, he's likely not got that many years of Tier 1 left in him, or even just in Counter-Strike in general, right? Uh, he's getting older. Uh, he collected his paycheck for, what, three years with G2, made a nice nice amount of money. Uh, now he gets to just kind of go down a go down a notch uh, and, and, like, just play for the fun of it. He's comfortable. He doesn't need the, the money anymore, necessarily. Uh, and, and he just gets to play with a group of, of people that he actually really enjoyed playing with. Because he was benched by G2, you know, with the whole Kenny S debacle uh, a while back. Um, and, and he played with Double Pony initially. And then he was kind of brought back into G2. Uh, and I think these guys ended up going with NBK for a little bit before eventually picking up exercise. Um, you know, it's kind of interesting to me that Lucky ended up being the guy replaced. Uh, maybe there's a bit of, uh, I don't know, disagreements there between Jax and Lucky. Maybe there's some some bad blood with, with G2 stuff. Who knows? But... Uh, I don't know. I think this is an interesting move for him. From what I heard, uh, things weren't great in the G2 camp with Jax. You know, he was kind of over being baited, to put it mildly. Uh, and so hopefully, like, this is just a good vibe for him. He gets to play with a group of players that he's actually wanting to play with and just kind of uh, yeah. maybe help him out along the way. This was uh, this is where he broke out, like, we with this group of guys, where he first drew attention from G2. So maybe he finds his magic again. Well, it would have been just with Lucky in 3D Max, but oh, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Um, uh, let's go on to the next French move. MBK Masuta joining Falcons here in place of Kyojin and Kios. So I don't, I don't really know why Kios got kicked from this team. Um, I'm, I'm always happy to see NBK on a team. I think that he should not be on the bench uh, ever. Uh, he's such a such a like. His name is he's been dubbed by a lot of people as the kingmaker. Uh, he's been a player that's been able to bring up other players as selfless as he is and, and willing to play as supportive as, as he needs to be. Um, I like that move all like a lot, uh, but I don't know about the Masuta one. Uh, maybe like going down a tier might give him a little bit more confidence now that he doesn't have as much pressure of playing on like a vitality, but uh, I'm not really sure about that. Like, I don't like the Masuta for Kia's angle. I think the funniest thing about the reporting surrounding all of this is like Nell himself was just sort of like uh Nell himself was like Chaos is being moved from the roster. I don't really know why. That doesn't really make sense. Yeah. That's life. Like um I mean you ne you never know. Like the thing I could potentially see is Chaos. I think he does speak Russian and he uh, does yeah. he does speak French. Oh, interesting. So cuz he did he did originally he was originally from Simon and K23. Right, so yeah. Maybe, yeah, it could be either just like a role mismatch or a culture mismatch or an attitude mismatch, or he could be going back to the CS scene, or he could be called up to another, you know, European team. Like, there's a lot of options for him. I'm hoping he didn't just get cut for no reason, but because he definitely does deserve to be on his team. So you're hoping that it could just be like an issue that he, an issue rather than like our master plan involves not having him on the team. I, I agree with uh, Paladin on MBK. He's such a consistent player. Like, 
like you know what he can bring to the table like support wise like and and as well as like anchoring certain sites like he's so good and like the approach like how he got benched through mouse for um what's his name JDC? guys yeah it was, yeah. It was just un- unlucky for him because he like prior to getting benched he, he like popped off on a couple games well, so, I, I thought they looked their best. They looked yeah. like a really, really good org, uh, all things considered. When they had NBK, I don't know why that move happened for JDC. I think that if they kept him on the team, we would have we'd be talking about Mouse in a completely different light mm-hmm. at this point. And I think it was it just wasn't the right time to bring JDC on that team. But that's just my take on it. I, I, I he, he's a great player, but I just don't think it's the right fit for him yet, like it might have been for an NBK type. All right, so will everyone agree that this was a like kind of mixed opinions on Falcons, but it was overall pretty good. Yeah. 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 But before we continue, I have to also give a shout out to Refrag again for partnering out with Nard out here. And also you should use the code Nart to save 15%. They're the big spot. They're the big uh, partnership of the, of uh, Nart right now. So thank you for Refrag. Uh, the next um, topic we're going to hit will be the flames announced, uh, depart, uh, announced that they're going to let Zyphoon depart and probably go to Sprout. I mean, he needed a home. Yeah, he, <laughs> he was the that. only one that was kind of shit when that roster died. I feel sorry for him, but at least he's trying to find a home. <laughs> I mean, it sucks that people were talking about this guy like like really highly, and people were expecting from him to have like, some crazy tier one upgrade. Uh, it's a bummer that he's kind of moving to like a like quote unquote like lower tier team, but I do think that it's like a huge upgrade for Sprout. Like, I think Makes that moves. This 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 team can do a lot of damage if this this sprout move goes through. Uh, I've loved watching Long's play; like he's been a phenomenal talent. Uh, and I think that if you have a Zyphon Long's like duo, it, it's going to be a really really good team to kind of fight through these like ESL challenger esque events. And then you know eventually you'll see them at at, at uh, an EPL conference or whatnot. And I think that's where they'll start doing damage. Um, but I think the biggest question is whether or not they have an IGL in mind. For, for you, you, just, you just brought it up. Like, since it is a yeah. drop-down rails, who's going to be the IGL? The rumor is refresh. Yeah. That's a rumor. <sighs> I don't know about that. That'd be a scary-ass team. So Sprout went full Danish? Or it no? sounds like it. I heard, heard Slack's is part of their future. Either, yeah. That was like a uh, reported rumor, but I don't think it's reality because uh, okay. Slack's and Longs are not Danish. Uh, okay. This gives me, like, kind of early ends vibes, to be honest. Like, I think this is a team with a lot of really good, solid international players. I think they were promoting Stare or Lonks, one of them, to IGL. I'm unsure which. When they got rid of Spitty, but, like, I do think that the only difference is they don't really have, like, a solid IGL. Like, when you bring up Snappy, it was kind of that veteran that, you know, bring it all together type stuff. And I just think this is like a very good international team with a lot of firepower. And if they can figure it out, then they could be a team that rises through the ranks and qualifies and actually has a chance to to do something. I'm loving that Sprout, like Sprout actually made the moves, though. And actually, like, they're doing something. I just kind of hope they pick an IGL. Or, like, if Refresh wants IGL, that's scary, but we'll see. Uh, how I, mean, gonna... I, I will say yeah. I've heard like uh, refresh yeah. is like secondary calling ish yeah. uh, on 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 heroic, so it's not the worst thing worst. in the world, but it it is a different kettle of fish when you it... try to say like primary call and secondary call. Case in point, Stewie. Uh, like it could I, be I scary. The weirdest thing about refresh this move for him is this is obviously like 
obviously a massive step down for him because he was on heroic for years. Like he was on heroic, you know, or okay, year and a half, close enough. Yeah. But um, he was a very valuable player on heroic, and uh, the sense that he has the inclination to reinvent himself is very interesting to me because it kind of makes me wonder, was he getting any offers out there before, you know, he's like, I'm going to try being an IGL. I mean, there's not a whole lot of, you know, purely Danish clubs you can go to. If you don't go to Australis or, you know, you're kind of out, you're kind of shit out of luck in terms of finding a Danish, a Danish home of, you know, suitable level. But I don't, I don't know. It's like, I would assume someone like Refresh would have a relatively good rep because he has proven he can play on international lineups as well. So it's very strange that like he's having to take such a hard step down and having to come change to a role that will limit his individual performance, which I think is a pretty important part of his play, you know, of his uh, his individual brand. It's all very strange. I, especially because Sprout is a team that is always just destined to be picked apart by bigger orgs. That's like their literal role in the ecosystem. I don't know. I, I think it makes sense, honestly, when you think about Refresh. It's like, yeah, he could have gone to Astralis, but Astralis already have settled any role that he would have played. So it kind of did feel like if he wanted to stick Danish, he had to change around. So if that's his role, if he just like if he knew that he had to change around, maybe go to IGL, then I think Sprout makes sense because it's like that'll be more proving grounds for you. And again, you just get picked up when you show what you have to offer. Maybe Astralis does end up going back with you. Who really knows? But still, they have IGL right now. So I think it's the next best choice. It's like you'd rather be somewhere else proving what you can do than just be homeless sitting on the bench for heroic or something. So alongside that, this is already a big W for Sprout, who I think already was going fairly far considering the talent they had with themselves. And now they're just adding direct improvements to what they had before. They could actually just be a scary team with this lineup until they get picked apart. I want to say before we move on, like good luck to uh, Speedy for staying on Sprout for like I think four years now. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it feels, uh, yeah that's like, a long time. Yeah, well, well that's, the, that's the last founding member, right, from the organization yeah. that has now been dropped. Yeah. All right, uh, let's move on from Sprout to MIBR with uh, them signing Henny, possibly. Uh, let's kick this off to Shake and then Danny. What do you guys think about this move? Uh, I don't know, man. I think MIBR is struggling to find their identity. I was very skeptical of cutting wood when they did. Even though, like, I that seemed like a very non thought out move, but I, I, I don't know. Semi BR team is always a team that's had a lot of potential. That's always mm -hmm. a team that, when they're on their game and they're on their high, like they can beat anybody. But they have times where I don't know. They get down and they can lose to the worst of them. So I don't know. This team needs to find, I think, an identity. I think this team needs to find uh, a solid caller who can bring some stability and. Just, I mean, yeah, just stable results to the team. Because I know that when this team was formed, it was like the best players from like Bravos, I think, at the time, with like Turtle and yeah. Joda and Wood. And then they combined it with like the best players from the other MIBR team at the time or something. But mm -hmm. I mean, this was like the star team. And I just think that ever since they cut Wood, I mean, they definitely upgraded Firepower, but they lost some identity. And I just, I, I don't know if this Hen 1 move fixes anything, even if he has potential to be an amazing offer. I mean, from when I played them, um, I thought they were like really hard to play against uh, when they had Wood. And then I played them this past season in ECL on the, uh, with Stanislaw and them, and we almost beat them. So that just says it all. I mean, they kind of lost their touch. I don't know. I thought that move was kind of trash after like after we played them. Like, dude, they are. I want to say like they were playing different, but. Uh, they didn't really have a direction they were going, honestly. And it was kind of like, mm -hmm. wow, this team fell apart. With, you guys adding, think... with adding Hen, 
though, Hany. Uh, they could be good, but they're still going to have the same problems. He's not going to hard carry the team. Do you think like, that their opping was deficient with Burns and you got, when you guys played them? I mean, you definitely need a star oppers in today's CS. I just, I don't. I just think they replace like one problem with another. If that makes sense. Like, is, he I, an, I think, is he an opper? Well, the thing no, I no, find, no. I think well, yeah, Raisin yeah. and Henny are both oppers. Oh, okay. Well, okay. So the thing. No. Okay, so I can give some context on this. Yeah. So Burnson wasn't an opper originally. But he came into the roster to be an opera because Bit basically was like, I like him. He's from our academy program. He's young. I can, he's young and elastic. I can just kind of do whatever I want with him. Mm-hmm. But if he's not necessarily, but he's obviously not going to be a star opera or, a, you know, a strong opera after only like, what has it been like three months of being a main opera? So if you just want him to go back to his previous role, of just being like an entry and a, just a general pack rifler. Um, having, you know, Henny just be a direct upgrade to him in the opping front might be good. And MIBR kind of has to play with the pieces they're given. They're kind of like a team, you know, they're losing Cello to Imperial at the time that they chose to get rid of Cello. So, from that perspective, I think that Henny's a good upgrade because it deals with one problem, but like you guys said, like, losing Cello is a huge blow to the team. It solves it, solve, it solves the opping problem, but everyone else is going to really need to stick up in the rifling department. And well, I, think I think you've already seen it. Joda has had a significant decrease in performance, so I don't know if he's somebody that needs like an IGL to be with him or if like I don't know I just he was like their star player and since they removed Wood he has like fallen off a lot in form and that is definitely a worrying sign for me and I yeah. mean even Cello fragging himself right like that is going to be sorely missed on this team like now you look to Henny and you're expecting him to kind of put up a performance and then it also lies a lot on, on Brinson just to, to start fragging on the rifle again like so it just this whole like i think it all ties back to just dropping woody and like whether or not that was the right decision because him calling in and opping like it was like there was a lot on his shoulders and now that you've gotten rid of him it's like now what do you do like it, it's just such a difficult thing to to fix and i don't think bit has figured out who he wants to pick to call on this mm-hmm. team now because that whole process is going to take ages to to figure out uh what a good igl because i don't think cello cut it but frankly, when I when I watched uh, MIBR play with the newer lineup, I thought Woody was serviceable at least in that regard. I got a source that told me, like some a, some, a Brazilian player that told me, um, Woody got cut because uh, Bit wanted to implement his system from Nine Z. So that's that's what happened. Man, I I, I guess I I did I will say it did work right. Like he he did make an IGL out of a player that wasn't an IGL ever uh, on Nine Z. So it. it it makes sense, uh, but I guess these players weren't cut out for that system. At least, yeah. Results, results uh, speak for themselves. I think. Well, speaking of Cello and Imperial, like him going to Imperial for FNX, as well as Peacemaker leaving Imperial, what are your thoughts on these moves? Um, go ahead. I mean. Cello's like obviously pretty good, so FNX was obviously like obviously the issue. I mean like and a fragging fragging wise, but I mean it should it should all overall go fine. I feel like I feel like the move would be fine. I think Imperial will get better. I think one thing Imperial was sorely lacking was a, a feasible map pool to actually compete against top level teams. Like yeah. they had a really piss poor vertigo, um, and the ancient that they quote-unquote try to throw a curveball in looked absolutely abysmal as well and so you can tell that they're kind of still stuck in those like old habits of like old meta and and stuff like that that 
can work in some situations like at the major where they had their deep run. But as soon as you kind of figure that out, their style runs really stale really fast. And I think bringing in Cello, who I'm sure has learned a lot from playing under Bit, can kind of guide uh, Fallen in some of these situations where maybe they can have a deeper deeper uh, pool. Because I think they have some good fundamentals. Like their Inferno looks pretty good, all things considered. Um, and I think that if you have just a couple of maps that you can kind of evolve and develop into a more newer style that there's still a lot to give from this team like like fur is still playing like like he has been playing for quite some time i think that this still this still has some legs uh to it anyone else have any thoughts on um imperial uh, i think they'll be fine honestly with the move i think they'll get better mm-hmm. on a, like overall they'll still stay in the same area all right Moving forward from Imperial, uh, let's talk about my boys at Davenport University, the first collegiate school to make it to ECL. I need to so. be educated on this. Isn't this misleading? <laughs> wasn't um, make a, make a wedge. Oh, wasn't yeah. Koga's was it, team or whatever the, the first the, one? The Florida the team? The R, the R, no. R, you mean Sparmy's team? Well, RMU, that, yeah. That team had a, a uh, there's like a player or two that wasn't actually from RMU though. Well, no, but they also they also they they played relegation, but they didn't make it to to MDL. They did make MDL, I think. No, I, they I did. They did. Sworn they were in MDL. They were in MDL, but I'm not sure if it was with RMU exactly. Oh. I think they were named RMU, in MDL. Really? I mean, I'll look right now. No, they're okay, named okay. Rugrats. They're named Rugrats. Okay. Well, oh, wait, no. No, Rugrats was like mind. Rico. It was like Rico's team. Yeah. Like those on. guys, like. Well, that was Xander's team. Yeah, they're not the same yeah. team. I, I mean, I'll look right now. I don't okay, think okay, they yeah, were, though, because... Uh, but, uh, so they, how they got yeah, this spot it, was... Yeah, it, uh, Axelot broke up and formed with B&B. Is that how the slot opened up? Uh, I believe so. And then For the most like, part, yeah. Okay. Main, who got rid of their spot. Yeah, Army who finished sixth place uh, in Season 29. That's kind of it. Like, they came close, but not you know, okay. close enough. Okay. So I this is... Up and maybe okay. in my I, I don't know. Uh, basically, what happened? Basically, what happened was, so you look at it. Every season has a spot guaranteed for an EPL move down in case an EPL team who is not a franchise partner needs it. So that wasn't needed, so it opened up an extra spot. Then you have um, Godsend who don't exist anymore, so they didn't hold their spot because the um, for whatever reason the Zero Zero Nation org doesn't. I think their team's going to be in Europe all the time, so they don't really need to play in NAECL. When and then for Axolotls, when you have uh, they cut Germanji and Consti or Germanji and Polo, and then Consti and Tender go to um, X Bad News Bears, so that kills that spot. And then uh, Payne is looking unlikely to participate. Payne will not be playing this season. So, so who all got move ups besides uh, Davenport? Uh, Unjustified Northern Forces detonate. Okay. Cool. Cool. Pretty much every I mean, team in relegation, I think. Yeah, no, every single, <laughs> legitimately, every single team in relegation got moved up. <laughs> Dude, that's I awesome. That guy, but I mean, they're not. They'll probably be right back to advance. I mean, they'll probably they'll, uh, they they might be able to. Well, the thing their, is that the roster like, they have right now is not the roster they're using for UCL, most likely. Oh, I mean, don't they have Sonic or whatever? Is that 100? percent No, that's uh, not going through. That fell through, I think. Yeah, that uh, fell well, through. They have, they have the Estonian yeah. Swisher, and I, I know he. There's a. I, I mean, he's a good friend, so I can't like. Uh-huh. drop dime on it but like there's i mean he's always looking to improve the squad so like yeah. you know it's one of those things where it's like they might they might play they might be relegated i don't think they go for them i mean the only reason they're in these sales because they got make a wished so like 
it doesn't really matter to them to be in ECL. If they do good, like, it's fine. But if they go back down to advance, it doesn't really matter. I mean, from, like, what I see from, like, their, like, I've watched a couple of their comm videos. Like, they all, they, they have, like, a good, like, work ethic. I mean, they all work well together. But, I mean, if they're making change, like, I mean, the changes are going to happen eventually. I mean, I don't see them beating a lot of these teams in ECL. I mean, they're, yeah. they're, they're a small sample group. There's, you know, they're from the university. I mean, there's just not, there's just no chance they can compete against half of them. I mean, they might be able to make make it close matches and stuff, but I mean, for the most part, I won't really do much. They yeah. have very they have very good comms. I'll give you that. Like I listened to them at uh, I was standing behind them at uh, Fractured Chicago most of the event, and they have very they have very clean comms for a relatively young team that's yeah. mostly experienced too. Speaking of Davenport, I did see on their ESCA that uh, Nart is on the roster. Could that be a coach move? Uh, I'm just a glorified I'm water boy. Illusion. Yeah, yeah. It's called roster riding. Ever heard about nah, it? Nah, illusion, illusion. I, I, I provide all the tactics. You know. There we yeah. Go. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's move on. Um, the, the other next topic is the everyone's favorite is the ESICS coaching concessions. I didn't even look at it, so. Yeah, it's not. No one. It's not that sexy. Oh, Mims looks like he it. wants to talk about it. Go ahead, Uh-oh. Mims. Oh. Right, M&M, sorry. <laughs> all right. So here's the thing. I mean, like, it's just like, do I even? Want... Okay, fuck it. Like, I'll just, it's whatever. Um, so you know they're like flawed and all that, right? Yeah. They they got issues. Maybe they got issues. So many issues. Mm-hmm. What? Yes, they did everything right. Come on now. Yeah, that's why all those metrics are still playing in Valorant. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I see no problem with that. New Love game. You. Love you, bit. <laughs> Nah, bro, they're going to be coming back. They're cutting the franchising spots. Anyways, um, the whole, so I had a chance to talk to them in a, in an email chain. I've had a chance to talk to like a lot of people. So this is sort of a continuation of that issue we have with, uh, Strife's former coach, Toyo, Toho. Yeah. Um, where Isik bans, Isik bans them. Valve takes that information and comes to their own conclusion that doesn't factor in the additional sanctions that ESIC plays on it. So, for example, like if you told them, you're like, "Yeah, man, you got me, got my ass," and they just take twenty percent of your ban away instead of them having to do the work. Like Valve doesn't consider it a valid like criteria for decreasing your ban length, and that's so how you end up like, for example, with uh, Jerry Guerry being banned for five majors when he was only banned for like a month and a half by ESIC. So ESIC changed their formula. They came back to Valve and said, "All right, we changed our formula. This is what we think." Uh, can you guys mirror this because you're just kind of taking our proprietary, you know, band band data and just using it for your own devices? And Valve just said, "Nah." They just said, "That's um, crazy, man!" Like Valve's like, "Nah, I'm not. We're not going to listen to your new." Uh, it, it's very strange or, yeah. because you can tell like Isik and Valve have a very very strange relationship, but the uh-huh. fact that they just kind of like Isik is trying to actively make amends for their past mistakes, but Valve isn't really interested in it because Valve just is like Valve is just kind of like we hate cheaters, we don't really give a shit. If, if they see decreasing the bands as like a, I feel like almost as like a betrayal of like you know of like justice and how hard because they like they're just as harsh pretty much. Um, it's like. You know, he's back in Europe now, but the big thing with Toyo was there was a good chance he wasn't going to be able to play, even though he was unbanned, even though he was, um, he was banned, but then he was acquitted by the their reviews panel, but he still had those demerit points. So he was banned by Valve despite being not guilty of the crime, but Isik had no way of, of convincing Valve that, hey, he didn't actually do anything wrong because the independence review panel is independent of Isik, so they can't zero out the points. It's all very, like farcical and stupid and this was like a 30 email chain between me and some of the ESIC guys <laughs> but like it just all it's all a mess like I, ESIC is just like ESIC is this is the point where 
even if they try to fix their issues, their past mistakes are so far entrenched in like the culture of the scene that it's like it, yeah. it's just a hot mess. They're a laughing stock at this point. Yeah, speaking, yeah, I agree. And we're speaking about coaches now. There was like a, a Twitter post uh, saying that there was like no coaching allowed at the major. I don't. He he just wants attention. I think he was just like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get myself some impre- I'm gonna get myself some impressions, bro. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, it's impression time because this is the rule that's been in place since and or since Stockholm. So mm. nothing has changed. So he's like, so he's like, <laughs> legitimately like, like I feel like every major until like the heat of the universe, like some random tier two, tier three, like European coach would be like, did you guys know coaches are banned from the open qualifiers? And it's just like, yes, we all know. Like that's basically it. I mean, like they okay, like with the open qualifiers though, like they're not even like looking at that though. It's like so like dumb because i mean you can you can literally play with your coach like you have your coach in the qualifier like the whole time in the ts mm-hmm. and no one will ever know until you actually make it to the rmr like they, they don't like they don't, they don't like, regulate it then is what you're saying they don't regulate it yeah they like <laughs> you would never know someone can literally discord screen share if they wanted to yeah. allegedly hypothetically in a video game yeah uh-huh. it's like terrible <laughs> i mean i'm sure there's people that do it yeah pretty much um, also, speaking of probably like the the longest like I think roster like organizational move ever of the of Timberman, with the rogue manager says Timberman signed <laughs> for only two hours. Hell yeah, that is epic. <laughs> longest reign ever, man. <laughs> I was saying they were trying to get take away the record from uh, Hundred Thieves. Um, they, they did a pretty good job. I don't know. This like... is a sketchy subject, but I don't think anybody really wants to talk on this. <laughs> I don't think it's the shortest. I think we had something happen like two years ago that was like even shorter really? than this. I was just really yeah. trying to think of the org and I can't. What? Uh, who was on it? Or... I don't know. I just, I just, I, this is not the first time this has happened, okay. and I know, like, for I know that for a fact. I just can't remember any of the like information. I mean, I'm sure something similar has happened. Like NA orgs do this all the time, where like. The social media managers like gets an email. It's like, hey, we'll be announcing like tomorrow at six. He's like, today at six. Like, great. Like, <laughs> um, yeah. I just I thought it's a joke. <laughs> I mean, uh, I think my thoughts on the situation are pretty like well known. I think for me at this point, now that they've served their bands, now that they've been behaving mostly in ECL in advance, I don't know. Someone will eventually say something, but. Um, I think for me, the last thing these guys need to do is just like do a real twit longer or do a real video where you just apologize for being for being freaks, and then like it's like you guys can have an org now, like it's fine. You guys are weirdos, but like it's okay. Um, I don't feel like I'm with you in that. I don't feel like they ever really formally apologized for what they did. I only feel like they promoted them doubling down on that. Yep. So they just served their ban, but didn't ever show remorse. So it's like there is no evidence to think that they've changed. Because my initial thought was, well. They serve their ban. I don't think people should be held accountable for what they said years ago, but they never showed that they were sorry for it. And I think that's the issue. I think people would be willing to give them a chance, but it's just like we all look at them as those racist assholes because they never were like, oh, you know, we're sorry. I mean, have they? Like, I, I haven't heard anything about them misbehaving, but like, well, has it, no, they've have been, they been, they've been acting. Have, I don't, we we played them today. Snav uh-huh. was not chat banned. All right. Well, there you go. So <laughs> he he was chat man uh, like a month ago when we played relegation, but that is improvement. 
Alright, mobility, yeah. Well, it's so sad that the most thing, the most uplifting news that has come from them in the past couple of years is Shake just saying that right there. That's a problem. I mean, I think they should have a chance eventually. Like maybe like not right now, but I mean eventually they should give their ch get another chance. Everybody should get second yeah. chances, but you have to show remorse and you have to actually make use of it. And eventually you will run out of chances and good graces. Because the thing is, like, like if they were just shit. Yeah. I'd be like whatever, but like they're not awful players. Like they're not; mm. they're pretty decent. Like they were doing okay in MDL back before their original ban. So it's like, eh. I mean, if they just like grow up and like literally just apologize and be like, yeah, saying the N word was not cool. I'm sorry, guys. Like, and like, but not be facetious because I remember like uh, one time they were banned, they all put out trit longers where it was like just word vomit, and it's like, you know, like, and then they deleted them like a month later. So it's like, okay, you obviously didn't care that there was no consequences for you, but now they've faced the consequences multiple times for being just weirdos like just apologize and say like yeah we were dumb internet we were dumb like internet kids like and then just move on yeah the problem is that i think when you hang out with like in a group like that it's usually like one or two people that promote it and then the rest of the people just kind of go along so i don't know if kel is still around but i'd be interested to see if he's like a lot better you know i mean i i think you're i think you're putting on a proper point of like if you're in a group of people that all are just like okay well i don't understand what's wrong with this you're never going to understand what's truly wrong with it so it's like they've got the whole outside scene coming at them but then they've got their little inner group of people just saying you know lol why get offended yeah. i think everyone knows like it's wrong but like you just you retreat back into the discord and then like you know someone's like nah that bitches ain't shit and you're just like yeah you're right like <laughs> like what do you say like I, and they know it's wrong, and I do believe that everyone deserves a second chance, but they have to show a little remorse, like what you said. Like, if, if you don't mm -hmm. learn from your past mistakes, you're still, like, like, you're gonna have to see, you're gonna have to see in my fan process. You gotta show some remorse. That's my take on it. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Um, and I'm gonna move on, because I saw this on Reddit this morning. It was top on the global offensive. Oh, God. Yeah, it's M&M's. You posted something on... Uh, uh, hey, uh, why am I just making... Uh, it's you, just the, you, just the M&M's variety hour. Like, no, <laughs> I, um, I, I saw it, I'm like, oh, we, we have it, I'm on. We're gonna let it talk about... Explain it a little. Oh, Can you explain it from the beginning? Because I have no clue what this is even yeah. about. Okay, so, 1xBet is one... You know, one, everyone knows what 1xBet is, like... Is one of the larger sports book in the world. So they're like a you know million, billion, billion dollar company. Um, they sponsor a lot. In traditional sports, they sponsor a lot of like big uh, football clubs, and they sponsor a lot of like smaller. So like they sponsor Barcelona. I think they sponsor like Manchester, uh, maybe like Arsenal. A couple of those clubs back in the day. They sponsor a bunch of like African football clubs. But the thing is, the, the way they operate their business is very sketchy. Like, the owners of 1xBet are wanted by the Russian government for fraud. And so they apparently, like, allegedly, like, everything is allegedly because this um, article posted by Steve Mennery says, like, they went to their corporate headquarters or, like, their payment processing headquarters in Cyprus, and it was just, like, an empty house or, like, an empty apartment. Um, so they're very sketchy in like traditional sports, and they do a lot of things that aren't like super above, that aren't above board. They don't really pay taxes. They don't. Their licensing is very sketch. So the way it works for them is they register um, their license usually in like tax havens like Bahamas or like the Netherlands Antilles and stuff like that, where they don't. There's like little. There's like no regulation. So they've been increasingly getting involved in esports. They sponsor ESL. They sponsor OG Mirit, um, MIBR Spirit. They, you know, offer bad on HLTV. They, you know, they, you'll see them like at tons of events, tons of betting sponsors for everything. But this is 
going back to June, they got sued in, De- well, in December, they got sued for defrauding some people in Israel who plays like a bunch of bets on the company or plays a bunch of bets on like some football fixture. But then um, when I said, oh, yeah, you actually aren't allowed to place those bets. And they just like took their money away. Like they said, like there was a, some they detected like fraud. So they filed a class action lawsuit against one X bet. They lost the one X. They lost the class action lawsuit. They appealed. They lost the appeal. Who who lost it? Who lost the one X bet? One X bet lost the appeal. And so they're they're um I always say this island's name wrong. Curacao, Quar- mm. Curacao, yeah. Uh, they 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 lost their they're in the process of losing their license in Curacao. But like the article says, it doesn't necessarily really matter because a company like this doesn't actually have a physical headquarters. Uh, it can continue running without a license, and they can just move their you know they can just get a new license from like Nigeria or like Malaysia or the Philippines or you know Chad or something. So it ultimately doesn't really matter for them. But the main point I want to point out is just like the increasing prevalence of sketchy of sketchy money and sketchy sponsors in esports. Yeah, the only thing you can really do is provide awareness about it. If there's just legal loopholes to go through, the only thing you can do is like show the whole community, hey, these guys are dog shit, and then just like everybody drops them. And also like these big orgs like ESO, OG, MIB on Spirit. They gotta do their follow through and actually check on if these guys are legit. I don't think they really care. Like, I don't exactly. Legitimately, don't think esports. I don't think esports organizations really care about the moral implications of these betting sponsors because they just have the convenient cover of being, well, we just offer odds and sometimes things are a little bit weird, but it's okay. You know, like, you know, GG Bet, One X Bet, Vulcan Bet. All these sponsors are operate very similar. They operate very legally, dubiously. Like One X Bet. Um, you know, offers cockfighting and they offer like all these things that are definitely like uh-huh. not acceptable to like a Western audience. But it doesn't matter if you have the layer of abstraction. Like we're just sponsored by One X Bet for like their esports program. Like the cockfighting and the lawsuits and all this stuff doesn't matter. It doesn't you know tie into the relationship when you know it obviously does. Like the whole it's it's just sports it's just sports watching. It's just you know another way to entrench their you know uh, their criminal empire. So it's all like. That's it's, why I want I wanted to bring it up because I wanted like like here in depth because you know just reading it on the Twitter and reading it on Reddit like I wanted you to explain it that's why and I, it was in, actually pretty interesting that's why and the article is definitely worth a read if anyone ever, I mean everyone should go read it like yeah I I never read the Steve Mirney guy before but it was definitely like it was definitely a very good it was very a very good read and there's an article in there that like uh, is like a follow up that covers like other betting companies and you all see like there's some there's definitely good betting companies that operate in the ecosystem. But the major, overwhelming majority of them, you know, are very loosely, like, are very, you know, loosely co- connected to reality and connected to, like, what's acceptable, like, in business practices. It's all, it's all under-regulated. It's all digital. Um, this, they, when they went bankrupt in, uh, when they went bankrupt in June, they, like, appointed, like, a bankruptcy trustee to go, like, close the company and do all you know do all the things you would do when a company becomes bankrupt so he went to go like look at their bank account it had like zero dollars and zero cents in it he went to like the licensing office and the licensing office said yeah that'd be kind of bad for one x bet so we're just not gonna with we're not gonna draw you know we're not gonna like get rid of their license even though he's like i'm legally in charge of the company as the bankruptcy trustee and they're like yeah that's great but we're just not gonna do that and like and he even said, like, even though I have the ability to make this company not exist, they'll just reform as like one X bet one two three instead of one X bet like one two three four, you know, in yeah. somewhere else. And they, I think they even just re-registered like the same company in the same uh, country under like a different name. So there's nothing you can really do about it other than you know shame them and bring awareness and shame the sponsors of them. 
Yeah. I want to like also just touch on that. Uh, we play was sponsored for a period. I, I don't know how much I'm allowed to say. There's mm-hmm. not much I know, obviously, but we play was sponsored by one expert for a period. And we did uh, this. I imagine you guys probably didn't hear about it because it's, it's fighting games, but we did a tournament series called we play ultimate fighting league and we got canceled so hard by the fighting game community. Uh, and, and that was a long time before anyone big in, in Counter-Strike started partnering up with them, right? Before OG, before ESL. None of that happened in Counter-Strike. And I, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of telling about the CS community and that like a lot of the time people just don't care. And maybe that's why orgs also don't care because they know they're not going to get, you know, canceled for, for stuff like this. But I don't know. It's it, I find it frustrating, personally. Uh, the fighting game community is also like really niche, and at all times everybody's worried about everything. So they're all yeah. they're, they're super tight knit, and they're sketchy about yeah, exactly. like everything. There's very there's also in the CS:GO space. There's like very powerful. There's a very powerful vested you know money machine that doesn't want there to be you know negative reporting on this, and they don't really want there to be like a cancel culture effect where you know the Twitter sphere gets all angry and shuts this down. Because I mean. ESL is the biggest CS:GO tournament provider in the world. They, yeah. you know, they know that they just like they'll never give up one expect com- community pressure because the benefits, the the money machine is worth more than any community outrage. And where are CS:GO fans also go, they don't go anywhere. Like there's nowhere else for them to go. So, I think fighting game has the advantage, like you said, of it being niche enough where uh, a fighting game TO can be ruined if the fans stop, you know, signing up for the event, stop visiting it, all that. But ESL, it doesn't really matter. ESL is unsanctionable because of their size. I thank you, Eminem, for bringing it up because I wanted to hear the clarification of what uh, the article and everything on stream since we had you today. Mm-hmm. Um, before we like joke around a little, I just want to bring it up. Like, was there any other roster boosts? Like, anything really big you guys want to bring up or nah? Think we cover all the big ones. Yeah, the big ones. Yeah, I guess now, the only one is maybe the the new Copenhagen Flames, uh, but that's obviously not been announced yet. Yeah. But yeah. Let's let's do have a little fun right now and do a little fucking around. Who would you say is like the biggest winners of the transfer the player break transfer window? Sprout. Yeah, no, Sprout gets a huge win here. I, I I'll oh, go yeah. with complexity here as well. I think Hauser for juniors mm-hmm. is a good move. I think, uh, we didn't um, touch on it, but I think Liquid might be if they bring in Yakendar. Oh yeah, my it's, god! It's, it's that still hasn't been finalized, huh? Yeah, yeah it, I, I don't know what's going on, but if Liquid brings it, I think that that is a big one. Yeah. A huge move, and Liquid will be a title contender again. I think Liquid too. I think. I think my big thing is that. Um, you know, nothing happens on accidents in the esports scene. Like, no one just says, no no player at the tier one level just goes and says, like, dumb shit and, like, stuff out of pocket that, like, doesn't have any, like, meaning to it. So when you have all the liquid players and your kinder and the coach being like, gosh, I would just love to make, you know, I would love to find a way to play on liquid. I think it's, you know, I would really stay with these guys, but only if I had a chance. Like, players don't, you know, players don't, like, get their, get the fans, like, mind turning like that for no reason, and they don't constantly go into interviews and say, like, how great it is to play with Yakinder and how great it is for Yakinder to play with Liquid if they don't, if they aren't gonna figure it out, like... I'm gonna let's bring Twist Navi. back to NA. As we start, back to NA. I'll throw Navi as a winner as well. I, uh, I'm gonna really? be a little different and say, uh, Vitality. I think... For winners? Sphinx, 
Yeah, 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 for sure. Because th- we didn't really touch on it. Yeah, we didn't touch on it earlier, but uh, I think Spinks bringing it brought into Vitality. It's not going to work immediately. I don't think this necessarily solves their issues, but like as a, a firepower legacy player to build alongside Zaiwu, I think Spinks is like. But has anything been there. really working with with giving them time? Uh, giving all I mean, of them a lot of time. Um, uh, yeah, I guess it has to do with like the whole like culture shock between like this Danish and French system trying to find the middle ground. I'll be I honest, I wouldn't one? be. Su- yeah, I mean, I just I wouldn't be surprised if uh, you know post this major cycle, Apex is out of the team. Magis calls uh, because they invested way too much into the Danes, and I just mm-hmm. don't think uh, they they stick with Apex in the long run if it's not working. Mine the thing I'm not. thinking about with that is like, where does Zewu fit into that then? Because he doesn't yeah. always speak amazing English either, and then he's going to be the only French player on the team. So like, yeah, I think it's good, and he's their. I, I mean, I just don't see them ever parting. They just resigned him too, right? With a long contract. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. They're not going to let him go for yeah. cheap. Like, no. I don't think he's going anywhere. Well, I, I wouldn't say they would cut him, but I'm saying, like, if he just gets so uncomfortable and so yeah. unhappy that he's like, I fucked this, I'm just not playing anymore. I think if they had to choose between yeah. the Danes and Zywoo, it's going to be Zywoo every time. Yeah, he definitely has, like, that LeBron James, like, GM type, you know, where he can. But he, he has, has a lot of personality, right? He has the skill, like, LeBron, Yeah, yeah, but I would say he has a factor, right? You guys think? And, right, definitely. You know, yeah, the sure. roster moves. But uh, we don't have anybody listed as losers. Uh, oh, fanatic. Fanatic. Oh, you're fanatic? Yes, a fanatic. I have. Uh... Did you say MIBR? No, yeah, yeah, honestly, yeah. I don't have yeah. an MIBR move. Yeah. I, I mean, they have to make some move, but I mean, it's like. That and I feel like Kenny is. Well, well Cloud9. Movistar, you have to include in there? Yeah, I think, yeah, Movistar is a big one. Do you think Cloud9 should have made a move? No, no way. No. A no team way. that I hates me to do this, but I'm gonna say Furia as losers. Not think... making a move. I like that. That's that's. I good. think that Furia should have made a move, and that I don't know if it was burnout at the end of the season. I love like everybody on that team, but I mean they were a team that was looking to take titles this last mm-hmm. season, and yeah, they didn't. They were. Yeah. The interesting and thing, yeah, I think they might want to make what, a move. Alan, what do you think? What move do you think they should make? Big Zero for drop. Ooh, that's that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, I think they're they've gotten to a point where they've kind of just stagnated as like an identity of like their team. They they've always been that team that everybody's like, oh, they should be winning titles. They should be contending. They should be making playoffs. And every single time, they've had some like weird just like fuck up, and just it's so out of character from the players that are on that team. They should be succeeding. On paper, like a hundred times out of ten, but uh, it has pain. Yeah. Has pain announced their new roster yet? Uh, it's no, supposed it's to be uh, Skulls and Zevi. Like that's what that's what's being reported by the Brazilian scene. So, what do you guys think about their move from? Uh, pretty, uh, pretty nice. Yeah, yeah. Zevi's really we, good. Where do we have G two and uh, EG? I don't think I could put G two on a winners or losers. Okay. Yeah, it's undecided. It could go either direction. I think. I think. I think it's. I think it's a winner. I think it's you a could winner. put ends in the losers, maybe too. I was gonna say. Yeah, Definitely I think you can also the put them in losers. I think a loser could be EG, depending on how it goes. I mean, it's all 50 honestly. It either, I don't it's think. Either gonna, I don't think it's, it's either gonna move. Real, like, it's either gonna go really it's good, or it's one of the moves. Of it's gonna be a scrap. Era. It's either going to be a whole new roster by September when the contract's done, or it's going to go really well off the beginning. But it has to it has to start at blast. It has to start at blast. What Wait. constitutes as good, though? Like, 
like I mean, not if they're able, not, groups, not, not not getting completely destroyed every fucking map, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's if they get more than if they get ten rounds, ten rounds, <laughs> ten rounds against phase, there's there's a chance. Yeah, I think you gotta add another category to this shit, Imperial. man. You gotta add a big question mid, mark to like one of them, like, like freaking the mid the mid category. That that's like legit, like G two. Hey, when we add saying, a mid, a mid, I'll add a bit. I mean, mid is like G two, yeah. EG. Heat's also a W. Heat is a W. Yeah, I suppose. Falcon, uh, Falcons, Falcons, or whatever. Falcons I think Falcon is mid. I feel because like, like one makes a lot of sense, the other one's kind of like, eh. Like you got an upgrade, yeah. but you also got a big downgrade if you're the Falcons. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like what were you guys about Navi? Uh, I think water. Navi is also mid. I think Navi's mid, yeah. Mid. Yeah. All right. Um. Who's who's challenging Navi and FaZe, who are like way above everybody? No one. Nobody, I don't think nobody, anybody. Nobody yeah. made a big enough move to to really potential. Like, I think G two. Or if you had to get, if you had to pick somebody. Yeah, I'd say G two would probably G2, be the safe. I think G two and Liquid are the two I'd go with. I'm hoping my guy is cold. No, no, no. no, no, no. If, I, if Liquid I get Yakendar, I think they have. I don't. I don't think Liquid will be better than FaZe, but I think Liquid could beat Navi. All right, know know this, know this. I think Astralis. No, that's cope. That's cope. You guys smell that? I smell a lot of cap in the room right I think now. Cloud, Cloud honest. Nine, Cloud Nine. Since they yeah, they showed that they could beat Face. Yeah. So. Mine think... is like G two and Vitality. If they it, that's a mine, like they could, but I don't think no one. I don't think Vitality yet. I think Vitality is going to take some time. You. What do you guys? Okay, I know it's been a while, but what do you guys think about heroic with the whole refresh range? Like, do you think they'll be like after they have some more time to with the new fifth Maybe. that they'll? Yeah. Do you I think they'll be better. like, yeah? I think I think, they, plenty of I time, think right? after the player break. I mean, if they, I don't know if they practiced during it. I'm sure they probably didn't. But like, if they come back Maybe. strong, I mean, they could be like a contender. Because I mean, honestly, like honestly, I always liked heroic, and I think like yeah. they've always been like a top 10 team for sure i mean hltv has them like a little bit lower but i mean like every time they play like navi or like any top five team it's always close like always close i honestly thought that they were going to be navi in the major and they had the chance to 100 percent. they had the chance to fucking 2-0 them i mean that's yeah, solid, it, yeah. it's always been like those like big pressure games that they kind of just fall apart right and i think it's they've had enough experience at this point that you should say that yeah i think they could be a contender um i think the only issue now is is making sure that Yabi fits in and and fits in with these kind of personalities and, and kind of has be, this like big step into the spot. I think they'll be top. Five, I think they'll be top five this year. Yeah, honestly, I, I go with that. Take. Perfect. Yeah, that's a good take. Is uh, is Virtus Pro allowed to be a loser? Like, do they even <laughs> exist anymore? <laughs> Technically, <laughs> yeah, but they're out like, of like with their new lineup. You don't like like. I don't think it's very good. Maybe Russian players. Is device does that mean device is also a loser of the shuffle? Dude, I mean, what I have no clue what device is. are losers because they have not done anything. Yeah, both kind of just like missed out. I feel here. What do you guys have OG on your thing on your top like on list? Mid, mid, hundred percent. Do you think do you think they'll make it top fifteen or top ten? I think they I think they peak at top fifteen. So sources would say that it's probably more likely than unlikely, but. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I think OG is getting to that point. Team. They're probably to that point where it's like this either works or we just scrap the fuck out of everything because oh, they wait. have been 
yeah. in I feel like Purgatory for so long now, where they are, where they like they've got the money to make a, 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 a an event winning roster, but they don't have it. And they've always made these rosters that are just like, oh, well, with time, they'll improve, which is what they did again. But if they don't improve, then I feel like it just all goes to the scrapping table. I mean, OG's last official was uh, the 26th of June. I mean, they've looked pretty. I mean, from how short of a time they played, I mean, they took a map off. They, they, they won a series of Navi. They almost beat Navi in the semis. Like, I mean, granted, it was a while ago, but still. They, they have Dexter now. So. They could be, yeah. I mean, are you they talking about Blast? Yeah, when they played Blast and stuff, I went with their like new roster, like the last roster. I don't know if there's a new one. That was one, with Montu. But... No, no, that no, was, that was with Dexter. Dexter. Was Dexter. Yeah. Oh, that was with that Dexter. That was when he was standing in, yeah. and yeah. then they had their they have roster sure. again, and now they have signed him officially. Um, Which was but... kind of funny. We talked about that. How it's just yeah, like Montu just kind of got thrown out and said, you know, oh well. It was like poor old Hades. Um, I mean, was, I think OG could that be was the Vice and Knock situation, right? Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Pretty much. I I think like. For me, as as someone who has been following a lot of like tier two, tier three for years now, and that's kind of like my thing. Uh, Neofrag and Fiku, fantastic pickups in terms of like mm-hmm. if this is really the direction they're committing to, like talent development and stuff like that. They have a fucking amazing talent, like a, amazing lineup. But it is it going to uh, give them results immediately? And uh, no, probably not. Uh, so it's it's just kind of like how long are they willing to to wait it out? Considering like. That's a good move, Danny. Smart, smart, smart man. Wait, what? Yeah. I'm looking at the old uh, Twitch chat, and uh, sources say that uh, that Danny over here is trying to get that FPL te- trying to get that FPL match in while while I I I just queued up. That's all. I, I'm just waiting for the queue to pop. Eventually. Yeah, mad respect, man. Mad respect. Your, pun- your punishment. Sorry, your punishment will be to play with Jam, unfortunately. So <laughs> I know. I don't know why he's in the hub. <sighs> I'm kidding. Damn. I'm kidding. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, lastly, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Lastly, we're gonna joke. It, we're gonna joke it off a little. Uh, you know the update that happened this week of the MM update. Where and it was a that's a clusterfuck. I'll give it that. Did you I guys play MM, MM at all? You didn't play nope. MM. I never play MM. All I, I know is Brian has still MM. got a dog ass rank. Let's really? go. What is it? <laughs> I believe he's still in silver. What? Brian CS? No, no shot. Brian? I swear to God, he still had a dog. I ass think that rank. was a meme. I'm pretty sure he's like LEM or SMFC. If he is SMFC, bro, then this update is dog shit. I think uh, <laughs> I, I think my highest rank in matchmaking was LEM. That's yeah, the highest you, I've ever gotten. Listen, all I'm saying is God is good, and I got that supreme. <laughs> I don't know. I just didn't really yeah, care about matchmaking. Nah, it was just Same. it was just hilarious watching the Twitter feeds and people just like I got I got Supreme in my first game had a cheater in it, so it feels good. <laughs> oh yeah. Dropped like it dropped like fifty fifty, had like eighty percent headshot. I was like, this is a lot of fun. Are you sure you're just not playing with Breeze? <laughs> <laughs> oh god. <laughs> I mean everybody in EU's ranks dropped and everybody's in NA's basically Rose. went up and Hey we're hey we're winning in something, right? Don't yeah, worry, exactly. I'll, I'll, I'll win. <laughs> I won't let Anthron talk about just say shit out of pocket about you, alright? Like, <laughs> what do you mean? Brian's fun. All right. Uh, before we close it off, I'm gonna give it to Anthron to, because he wanted to say something. Okay, so I kind of ran this through M&Ms. We said I'm beating the dead horse here, but after spending most of my player break it, trying to ingrain myself into this machine, I have realized. There is a big fucking problem, and I say with NA in particular because I don't have as much like understanding of it over in EU, but 
There is no content being made for North America right now, other than like informational content, which you got from Nart and a couple of others, then just all the basic stuff reshelled and reviewed. Whereas in the olden days, when NA was looking good, you had all these big content creators, you had all these top streamers, and we don't have that anymore. I think there are so many up and coming talents who put all of their effort into, I mean, and all, it's not, it's not something you can really diss. But they put all of their effort into trying to improve in the game where I already think NA has probably got some of the best mechanics in the world. I mean, that could be a hot take if you want it to be. But I think they're not necessarily putting all of their emphasis on the right spots. I think at NA right now, we are lacking a massive amount of personality. The problem is, when I look at Tier 2, Tier 3 NACS in comparison to EU, sure, the skill level is a bit different. But most of the time I watch those games, it, it just kind of feels like it's the team's friends watching. It's just like, oh yeah, I know this guy, let's go. Hey, you know, I know I'm on a first name basis or whatever. Instead of people actually being fans, I don't think you have enough people trying to stream themselves, build up a fan base for themselves. I don't think you have orgs promoting their players properly. I don't think we have enough Twitch streams running. I don't think we have enough of anything going on in NA. And I think it's all being focused, like I think a big drought in NA right now is being focused on the fact that there is we're not contending on the world level when in another aspect, I think we need to have more content creation in NA. We need to have more personalities. That's not just, Oh, I, Oh, I'm another shit poster in FBL. You know, some, some people would say some CSGO NACS go players have too much personality, but uh, that's a different <laughs> okay. discussion. Okay. Yeah. Maybe man, I should man. specify. Leave me alone. But <laughs> I realize this because there's a lot of times in smash where a lot of people make their livings from their Twitch streams and from doing things externally from actually just playing the game in tournaments and just buckling down and grinding and showing off what they've got and using that as a tool rather than as a crutch. Whereas in a couple of Smash events, somebody who you've never heard of does good and all of a sudden they're averaging two, 300 viewers on Twitch and they're making enough money off of subscriptions to live easily. So I think in almost every other game, there is way more content creation and way more people having a personality for themselves and building up fan bases for them and their teams and giving more of a reason to watch the scene. I mean, I completely agree with you. I think it's kind of telling that somebody like Stewie, who's performing the way he was and clearly, you know, having issues within the system, was given so many chances just because, well, he's a big name, you know? Mm -hmm. Who else is there in NA that's a big name right now? All the, all the old guard shroud and nothing and all that are all gone now. So. I think the I think the golden age of CS:GO like content for NA is kind of over. It was a very like yeah. you can't really compare then to now. Like that was a super unique time in NA CS:GO where you had like so many notable teams and there's just animals in rank S. So like it there's infinite amounts of content of people just screaming at each other. But I don't I don't know now. I, I think like making good CS:GO content is very hard for a player unless you're going down like the analytical route. Like it's something you can't really. I, I don't necessarily know like what a player can really do to diversify themselves by just streaming FPL because if you're you kind of like you need to try an FPL whereas in rank as you could just be funny silly scream screamo man like Mo and then you'd be kind of fine but like Dude, players kind of watch any FPL stream. I, I was mean, gonna say, I mean, you're talking about people screaming at each other and that I being more content I idea, but I don't know if that's. I, a should, uh, we should get Shake I, and Danny's I, input on content creation. I mean, Shake steals all the viewers. Too, <laughs> yeah. Cooper needs to go move to EU so that they watch us play FPL. <laughs> I mean, Cooper we grinded need to for a while. So. Cooper. Cooper grinded for a while, so he deserves like all deserves it all. But honestly, FPL is just like I would stream it more. Like I did stream it a long time, like a lot, a long time ago. But like, dude, if I streamed it, I don't know, man. I would pull. I would, I'd probably be hairless, honestly. Like. It's just terrible. I, I I don't enjoy it a lot of the time. Like I can't 
I can't sit there and stream because I'll just get I'll just get upset and want to bitch and complain, but I know I can't do it on stream. I think the Golden Age is gone, like how Eminem's talked about. Like I don't think you're gonna have any Terex, any Stewies that come around anymore. But I think that there is still is a foundation, and there still is people that watch. Like Freak is kind of an old guard, but Cooper definitely built up his stream. He's definitely done the best, I'd say, in terms of it. And then like Ponalone and Swisher both have a pretty good following and a pretty good community, and they stream consistently. So I think the big biggest thing is that you just have to be consistent. You have to stream FPL a lot, and I think Swisher and Cooper and you know, Puddle have done that the most over the past, like, two years, and they've definitely benefited from it, but they're not, you know, they're not going to hit Tarek, they're not going to hit Stewie numbers. I mean, those guys' brands are just through the roof. I mean, I I mean also, they were, they're, again. like, top they have I mean, they're also major winners. I mean, I mean, yeah. They I have, agree like, with that, but, like, they're... With it, but, yeah. With that in mind, like, they're still... I don't think it's about being the next Tarek, number one. I think... Right now, there's a lot of people talking about how in North America, there's a big of a, like a big lack of funding when there is no, there is no like back net. That's why I brought up the smash scene because there isn't really a back net for smash scene. Like you don't play in tournaments for the money. You play in it because you enjoy it. You play in it for the pride. You play in it for the fame. The, the real money comes in external ways of streaming, of coaching, of doing all this other yeah, thing. But, 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 the, oh, the thing is, like, Alan could walk up to Smash Weekly and like slap the shit out of them with like a wad of hundred dollar bills. So, like, you know, comparing the scale of that scene to, like, our scene is, like, so what? analogous. Like, they, they win, like, their COVID of a cash cup, and they're like, I got $16. I'm not, Let's well, go. I'm not talking like, about the money of that. I'm saying, like, there still isn't a backlog. Like, there could easily be a backlog in North American Counter-Strike. Like, there is definitely something to be built of an actual community between streams. There's somebody who doesn't just watch Cooper and watch Cooper's games, but I would... instead watches the whole scene because he then becomes ingrained into all of the storylines. I would see. Let's see what ha what happens with the PA at the what's it called next line that they play at. If they win it or they play really well, I mean, those players are gonna get a bigger following. Like people are not gonna want to watch them. Like we, I know, like all these like tier two teams have not like no one's won anything. Like I mean, you have like what e ECL or whatever, but like that's really it. Like I mean, it's like you got your team out there because then people are gonna be like, oh, I know this guy. He won this event, and they're gonna click on your stream if they see it. That's like how I kind of think about it. That's Jake, a valid you, point. You've been doing it recently, right? Like you've been streaming a lot more. I swear to God, I see your clips on I mean, all the time now. I've just been streaming the cash cups, but like I, once player break ends, like I don't know if I'm gonna be able to be playing cash cups with all these guys again. Like maybe Malvs and Junior still because they're on the bench, but you know who knows? Like I'm definitely gonna stream cash cups. I think that's like the best content you can do. But outside of that, FPL is probably the best content you can make in terms of like playing because nobody really want to watch his pugs. And so I don't know, like. I maybe could play FPL, but it's definitely mentally challenging to do that, I'd say. All right. I think yeah, we're going to um, end the show here. I appreciate all the guests for coming out, and I want to thank Saga for putting the show together. So that's going to end episode 10 of CS Out Here, and I want to say thank you, Refrag, for the sponsor. Till next time, peace out.